Blue Tiger Revenge, brought to you by Narpig. Oh man! Hello. We're here. We're fast. This is Blue Tiger Revenge, and uh, well, in honor of the newly, newly operational Operation Blue. Yes. Blue Tiger Revenge webcomic. We're gonna do a little throwback classic for throwback. you. What do you say? Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Throwbacks yeah, are fun. A, yeah, it's been a while, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially this one. This is a uh this is a classic. One of my favorite uh one of my favorite episodes that we've done. Yeah, this one was was, was just too much fun. Well, let's uh let's get off the airwaves and uh let's go back in time. <laughs> Recesses of the forgotten forests of old, known only by the ancient ancestors of the new world. A creature, a creature known by many names, standing over eight feet tall, weighing in at over a thousand pounds, with fur like that of the grizzly and eyes that peer into the depths of one's humanity. It begs the question, what makes a man believe he is separate from the beast? And what happens when the beast shows it is beyond the scope of man? The Salish people called it Sasquets, but you may know it as the Sasquatch. The Sasquatch. Blue Tiger Special. We've got our first guest, uh, Trevor, all the way from, uh, where are you at these days? I've skipped around kind of in the Northwest, and right now I'm in Everett, since uh, I was able to get a room with a bunch of friends and roommates, and it kind of worked out really nicely that we have a nice kind of community thing going here, so able to find a safe spot here where I can actually uh, get pretty affordable rent and still go out in the mountains and hike. Nice, man. Everett, Washington. Everett, Washington. I spent some time there. I worked at old BMC West for for a good chunk of time, <laughs> out there on the flats. <laughs> yeah, it's changed changed around quite a bit. There's still the industry, and then there's the waterfront that's kind of growing. But yeah, it's wow. still, uh, it's, it's gentrifying here and there. It still has its uh, pockets of homeless people, but you know, sure. Every- yeah, it's everywhere. It Even up here yeah. in Alaska. Yeah, we play. So- yeah. We play the game uh, gun, Gunshot or Fireworks when we hear that around uh, 4th of July. So usually Gunshot since we're near Clark Park. But... <laughs> oh, fun. Good. Fun. Yeah, good. fun game. Well, um, let's uh, let's get into your story. Uh, before you uh, get into it, give people a bit of an introduction. Um, a lot of people don't know, but you're uh, you're kind of like a you're like a landscape nature photographer, right? Am I right about that? Yeah, so I do a lot of my recreation and some of my income that I get comes from doing uh, landscape photography and articles. And oh, wow. I, yeah, I go out and hike quite a bit and just try to catch beautiful, serene landscapes as 
started more as a hobby, as a means to just get out in nature and kind of clear my mind. But it's since grown to something that I really enjoy, and it's evolved over time. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've been following your work for, I think, since you started posting online. And, um, I mean, it's gorgeous stuff. It's beautiful work. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate you. Still yeah, I'm going to be honest. I snag uh, photos here and there uh, to oh, use no. as reference for my, <laughs> um, for my own work. Because, you know, I draw right. a lot of, like, you know, a lot of the comics I get hired to do or is like outdoor stuff. And uh, so I'm like, Oh yeah, Trevor's got a sweet shot of some trees with the sunlight cutting through it. That's I'm awesome. going to go look at yeah, that. I, oh yeah. I appreciate that. But what I found interesting is that just the fact that you carried on with your passion for so long, and you made it into something uh, that, that's just something that's so cool to me. Now you're like kind of integrating different things and drawing things that you're passionate about. So that's, that's really awesome. You, yeah. You, thanks you man. Thanks. Yeah. So speaking of passions, let's get into the nitty gritty. Uh, yeah. You know, kick it off, man. Yeah. We're gonna shut up and let you go. <laughs> so this was in January 2014. I was just going out to. I actually got a Subaru at that point, so I was going to test that out and uh, test out the all-wheel drive. It was January 2014, as I mentioned, and the so it was a light snow year. I don't know if you guys were in the area remembered um, those particular years, but it. It didn't snow much at the beginning of like January and February, and then it kind of started snowing later in the year, like around March, and got big yeah. snow, early spring snowstorms. But anyways, so that kind of ties into the fact that the footprints that I got were made on about an inch thick of ice, and there was no like depth of snow that's up there, which there would normally be in the winter. So there were no snowshoe prints, and you can just pretty much walk with your tennis shoes out there. And I was just kind of walking at the time about, so I believe the mile post that they close it at every winter is 138 and it's Ross Lake Dam and they'll gate that there, but people can drive up and park kind of in that vicinity and kind of hike around the dam and then to uh, the Ross Lake, down to the Ross Lake and everything. But that's primarily used as like recreational access for snowshoers and hikers. So I just continued on uh, past that gate and hiked about i think it was about three miles down that road and i saw a couple small footprints which kind of piqued my curiosity at that point so it was a like I, I maybe a martin it was a little bit smaller and then one that kind of looked like either a coyote or a bobcat so i saw those impressions like wow those are pretty unique and for whatever reason like in my head i just started thinking about as my mind does tend to wander when you're out there alone i started thinking more about the possibility of like sasquatch right at that moment yeah. I walk about a few hundred feet, and then I see these impressions in the ice. And this is uh, pretty thin ice, but, I mean, it was hard, too. Mm -hmm. So you'd have to have some pretty good force to be able to make a impression going across the road. Um, I think what I – so I took video of it, too, and I shared the images with you. Yeah. I was so interested in it. I'm like, well, maybe since Jeff Meldrum is kind of interested in that subject, he works with anatomy at Idaho State, and kind of wrote – the book about the evidence of Sasquatch based on their locomotion and their stride and their gait. And I looked at that. I was like, wow, I think he would be pretty interested in that. He immediately respond, responded with that image that I had sent you uh, comparing the footprint that he found, I think, in the 70s in California. to the yeah. one. So it looked like, from what I saw, about 15 to 16 inches long. And it had the toe impressions that were kind of melting out at the time. Mm -hmm. Wow. But the there, thing was, really there was one photo that you sent where it was your shoe next to the footprints. Yeah. And uh, I, what size What size shoe do you wear? Uh, size 12 is what I took a wheel with. So 
Wow. Okay. And the shoes, the shoes, especially boots like that, they have additional padding on the outside, so that kind of extends a little bit further. So yeah. from like heel to the toe on a hiking boot, it's going to be a bit longer than the actual foot size. So right, you know, be looking if that's a barefoot, you know, like fifteen to sixteen inches minimum, maybe in the seventeen inch range. Yeah. Uh, uh, of course, uh, after time, it does tend to melt out, as you know. Like if you step into snow or ice, the the melt pattern will create make it a little bit larger. But you can mm-hmm. kind of see where the snow or the toe prints were still on that. So those hadn't melted out all that much. So I feel like that actual step there probably hadn't melted out a ton. So mm-hmm. it was probably still pretty uh, consistent with the original stride. Yeah, it, it looked like it. It didn't It didn't have that weird um, uh, kind of like a warp that you get when footprints melt. Because we have here in my where I live. We have bears and um, links and stuff that cut through the yard all the time during the winter. Um, or, you know, I shouldn't say winter, but like when we have snow and when it melts, I mean, you can always tell because all of a sudden it gets huge and expansive and, you know, weird looking. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the critiques that I got, strangely, as you guys mentioned, from coast to coast, which you would hope would be a more open mining community. But, they kind of just like threw everything at me. And I was like, huh, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that they would react with this sort of criticism, but they were kind of looking at like that first print. Cause yeah. I think when it got posted to their Facebook page, it was only two images and it was that one that does kind of look a little odd. And that's the first step, but yeah. there could be some like wide angle distortion at play on that one. And also that might've melted out a little bit more than the others, but that kind of resembled a flipper. And they were just like immediately saying, Oh, somebody went out with their flippers and <laughs> tried to, <laughs> mimic this and I'm just like you guys aren't actually looking at like how long the stride this is and I was telling that to you it's like if you're going to be able to do that with any sort of consistency you're probably going to be a human barefoot because you're not going to be able to pull that off of snowshoes or stilts with that level of consistency and you're going to have to stride at least two or three times more than what a normal human can so that in and of itself is very peculiar and it's going perpendicular to the road where there's no other lead in impressions going into it yeah yeah that was one of the more interesting things with um there was one photo that you took where it showed how many footprints it took to cross the road and uh you know like we had talked earlier those lanes for like big trucks to get through like logging trucks tend to be a bit wider than average uh and it was a it was a two-lane road right you know um yeah uh, i'm pulling up those photos right now yeah, so, so there's a lot of uh, traffic going west to east there, and for most of the year, and they have to have the snow file that comes through there, and I think that uh, you know will go through the median a lot of the times, but I mean, you still have to have that wide enough to be able to accommodate that, and also yeah. the big tank, the trucks that go from during the summer when the road is open, there's mm-hmm. a lot of uh, transport that goes from like uh, Mazama to down Diablo and back um, west, but yeah, yeah you have to, um, at, least, at least on a highway like that, I think I was looking at the uh, Washington State lane width for most of the interstates, and it's about you know 10 to 12 feet at minimum, it seems like, for each lane, so uh, wow. I've those, those two impressions, and it looks like they take about, uh, as I was mentioning the tad earlier, about 60 to 70% of the road, mm-hmm. just say it's like a conservative estimate, and if you're looking at, like, the normal human stride. I was looking that up on Google. And it's like two and a half feet is yeah. a stride for an adult male. And taking that into consideration, if you were able to use, I think they configured it as, you know, like a normal human stride would be 
roughly about a third of the actual height of a human, um, somewhere in that ballpark, maybe a little bit less. But so, or for for instance, if you're doing like the two and a half foot stride, you're probably looking at maybe like a six foot plus male that does that with a little bit longer legs. Um, so if you take that general idea with what you saw there with like maybe like the six to seven foot stride, you're yeah. usually looking at something that has to be in the ballpark of like nine feet, ten feet. Yeah, because I, you know, I'm six foot four. I wear a size fourteen shoes, and I look at that picture, and it's got. Uh, I think it was what I, I saw. I counted six steps to cross yeah. that road. Um, I don't think I could do that in six steps. Yeah, <laughs> so. was, I think like the majority of it was done in just the four steps. So there, mm-hmm. so it was like one that stepped, and then the one like right before the yellow line, and then uh, yeah. there's that impression that occurred on the white line um, at the end of the highway, but. Uh, wow. Yeah, it's, yeah, pretty crazy. And I, I would love uh, a legitimate a- explanation for it, just to kind of clear my mind. Because, like I was telling Cat, I don't want any PTSD while I'm out hiking. I don't have to worry about like a right. Huge, it's it's just a new thing that you're not accustomed to that you have to now consider when you're out hiking. And because so much information is hidden from us, we don't know anything about these things. Right. If, if I mean, like. Yeah, there's so many stories out there. So I'm going to go on the basis for the community here that we do believe in this thing. So yeah, if, sure. if, if that is out there, then how do we approach this? It, I feel like it's uh, not fair to anybody that does travel and do recreation to not know that these things are out there because we don't know how to go about even defending ourselves or go about like how to navigate around their habitat and their ecology. Mm-hmm. Sure. So... I'm guessing just from what you just said that you're kind of, cause you know, anytime you get something that's unknown, um, you, you know, you even saw this kind of stuff with like, uh, back in the early 1900s with the gorilla, there was, they, you tend to get a lot of people that start, it goes from just an animal. They start creating these things where like, Oh, you know, it does this, it does that. It has magical powers, whatever. Yeah. I'm guessing that you're kind of in more of the encampment that, uh, you know, this is like an animal that we just don't know much about. Yeah, I listen to quite a few podcasts, and that's kind of what they kind of try to vet out and talk about is, like, do you believe that it's something that might be more supernatural, might have those characteristics, or is it just a flesh-and-blood creature that's, you know, similar along the lines of, like, a Gigantopithecus? Oh, yeah. Gigantopithecus, yeah. Yeah, it's a little tough to pronounce, but um, something along those lines, maybe, like, a forgotten ancestor or just some sort of, you know, creation of lab that we're unaware of. Right, I tend sure. to, I mean, I don't know that he was mentions that uh, Wesley Sasquatch Chronicles that, I mean, we don't have one that we're studying in our uh, basement, so we don't really know all of its characteristics, but I think it has a tendency to do things that we're unaware of to be safe in its own environment. And sure. it, I look at it as like, it has the perfect intelligence to survive in that sort of habitat. And it will probably do whatever it can to make sure it's not revealed or make sure mm-hmm. it can avoid um, human predation. So I think it it does whatever it can. It's very resourceful, and yeah, I I tend to be, think more from what I've seen that it does have more characteristics of being a flesh and blood creature. But yeah, I I think we're kind of, we're with you on that. It yep. um, I, everything I look at it when you take kind of the the bullshit out of it aside, set that aside, you know, people that, you know, we stop inserting like assumptions. I see a lot of the same kind of patterns you get with, um, like the talk of, 
grizzlies in uh, like say the northern Cascades or even like uh, wolverines uh, in the Cascades. There's not, you know, we know they're there, but you know, like how many photos have been taken? Maybe right. a handful. Gotcha. Um, and 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 then I think if you apply some of the characteristics, you know, people talk about camera traps, and you know, um, they don't use a lot of camera traps like on say mountain gorillas. Um, because, uh, for somehow I think it's like the ultraviolet, a laser, they can see it. And so they just steer clear of it. Mountain lions do the same thing. It's just a matter of them getting comfortable with it. Um, I, they've done some studies I know with, uh, where mountain lions will actually like walk around the camera trap. They stay just on the outskirts of the, uh, the, the, the laser, you know, the sensor, just because they can see that light and it's odd and it's weird. So they kind of are like, well, that's going to give me my presence away. Um, which I don't know. I, I think if people started applying those same kind of like tactics to say a North American ape, and there might be a little bit more, um, luck in maybe procuring something, you know, like a photo or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. You, yeah, that's a great point. And I thought about that example as well to why people might be, are coming up with all these criticisms for why we have so many people that are roaming the wilderness, especially in the Pacific Northwest, yet nothing is uncovered. Right. Uh, I mean, you could hike for years and not see a cougar, and I've never actually seen one in the wild. So that's, yeah, I mean, they'll do whatever they can to make sure that they're not seen or not uncovered. Uh, Right. Right. Yeah. I was, um, when I was at Washington State University, uh, my wife and I had a friend who worked with the uh, – they have an elk lab there. And they have these big fields and they'll take you out and you can like go see the baby – you know, when the baby elk are born. And um, when we walked out there with uh, this uh, bio- this grad student who was a uh, you know, wildlife biologist, she was saying, um, oh, be careful where you step because uh, there's, you know, there's calves all over this place. And literally, as she was saying that, I almost stepped right on this uh, little elk calf. Oh, wow. Um, just because it was in the tall grass. And you can't see it. I mean, you don't see it unless you literally are stepping on them. And, uh, you know, I think people just, if they don't spend a lot of time in the woods, you don't realize that uh, you could, you've probably been feet within a mountain line, but you're never going to know it was there, you know? Yeah. And I, I wonder about those things because I do, on certain cir- circumstances, just to get out and capture good light, I end up uh, having to hike back in the dark if I don't have my camping gear with me. So even especially in those circumstances in the deep bush of the Pacific Northwest, you're not going to be able to see something if it's standing behind a tree. And I've heard of uh, accounts that are like that, where they'll just be staring into the bush for a long period of time. And then they'll just barely see something poke out behind a tree and I'll kind of catch a little bit of eye shine, but then I'll go kind of go back behind it. And I wonder just like how many, when you look at the density of the forest, it's like how, what sort of habitat might be available for it and what sort of coverage that there is. And yeah, especially, I don't know if you guys have done like tons of off trail hiking or climbing or anything like that. If you go, oh, yeah. go into that sort of deep bush with the, the slide alder and all those things that it's just a tangled mess and something could easily burrow itself or hide in there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. to, think, to think that we know every square inch and know that, we know it's happened at and we've covered everything is pretty uh, arrogant, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And when you're hiking through like some dense bush um, or just even like a real rough trail, I mean, how often are you looking ahead 
you're always looking down so you don't step in, you know, like there's some areas that uh, I go once a year where uh, even though I'm very familiar with the trail, I'm always find myself looking down at the ground just because the last thing I want to do when I'm three, four miles out is end up, you know, twisting an ankle because I wasn't paying attention or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, you know, another thing I think that kind of alludes to uh, seeing wildlife in the bush is that, uh, you know, as mammals, as, as people, I, as humans, you know, I think a lot of our vision is is motion based. So if an animal isn't moving and it's well camouflaged, you don't really see it. You know what I mean? It, that's, you know, one of those reasons why I like deer and stuff just pause, you know, even like mountain lions, they just pause, they freeze. If, you know, they come across something, even if it's like wide open in the trail, you'll see it, you know, one of those animals just stop moving while it's checking you out. And then yeah. once they, you know, assess the situation, they start moving again. And I'd be, I wouldn't be surprised if that has a lot to do with, again, like the lack of sightings because, you know, like people might see it, but it just doesn't register because it's not moving. For sure. Uh, yeah, it's their environment and they are, like I mentioned, know it more than we can imagine. And yeah. a lot of those things, I feel like uh, to go off, topic a little bit but a lot of those things Please. that are, are attributed to being supernatural i think are just like heightened senses of their surroundings which we're not familiar with we may have had that in the past when we we're more connected to the wilderness but i think that's sort of dropped off with time and it's like anything the more you are in your environment the more you're going to be able to learn to survive and adapt to it and do things which might be supernatural to somebody that's coming into that environment but it's it's more of just like a heightened sense and heightened intelligence about how to navigate that wilderness. And I, I think they address this from what I've heard with curiosity in the reports. And if you kind of encroach on their immediate area, that's when you kind of see the activity kind of ramping up. So the majority of like the aggressive reports that I've read are people that They'll, I, I feel like they, most times they'll do it in stages. They'll approach somebody that's out camping in the wilderness in a stage. So they'll, you know, let them know that this is their environment. And then they'll come back the second night, be a little bit more aggressive. If they don't leave by then, they'll ramp it up, maybe get another one in the group to come down and scope this person out that's trying to, you know, hang out in their environment. And then, you know, by the fourth night, who knows, hopefully that person will have left and got the sign, but... That seems to be a recurring trend in the more aggressive reports that I've read. Yeah, I, I'm always curious about kind of what gets deemed as aggressive, because when I hear it, it always just kind of seems like normal patterns that any um, wild animal that say is being annoyed because you're too close. Yeah. Um, and, you know, reality, OK, 100 percent you know, this, this ape, this North American ape exists, right? Uh, I mean, if it really wanted to be aggressive, I, I think it would, you wouldn't come back to tell the tale of how aggressive right. it was. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm always a little, like I get a little skeptical when I hear about people to always oh, super aggressive is coming after me. It's like, well, if it wanted to come after you, yeah. you'd yeah. be dead. You're in their environment. They sure. know that trail better than any of us. If they wanted to get us, they could. Yeah, that's what I think about all the time. Is just like I've hiked so many times now. I may have been seen by a predatory animal, but I, if they wanted to just jump me, I I would have no defense. Even pepper spray, and that's 
kind of joke as well for an animal in that environment. Maybe if you're getting approached by a dog, a domesticated dog or something like that will work, but to think that you might be able to get that out in time to be able to defend yourself against something that big, it's it's kind of a crapshoot. But yeah. Yeah, even yeah. our best defenses are not going to really match up with that sort of shrewdness that they have in their environment. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, where I live in Eagle River, um, I mean, last was it last year or two years ago? I think we had three or four people killed and eaten by bears and, <laughs> oh, and I, yeah like we're talking just a couple miles outside of town and um all those people had i think all of them except one had pepper spray and it was they just didn't have time yeah to get it out and i mean if they can it it a lot of times it, it's good they say like statistically pepper spray is actually way safer and way more effective than say like a high caliber firearm just because it's faster and easier to deploy yeah. but um it's a matter of <laughs> Uh, you know, yeah. getting it deployed. <laughs> yeah, and, and the uh, panic uh, set in. <laughs> shooting in the side of the head and pissing him off and making him more aggressive. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so, are you? Um, uh, you know, it seems like a lot of guys once they have uh, they come across evidence or have a sighting, yeah, you, know, you kind of it, you get that weird bug where or weird itch where. Um, you know, you, you tell people about it, and of course, there's people that are doubting you. Like, hey, you probably didn't see what you thought you saw. Sure. Um, but at the same time, you know what you you kind of know what you saw, and and like in your case, you've got photographic evidence of what you what you saw. Um, do you find yourself kind of getting that itch of like, I gotta know what's out there? Are are you you know while you're going out there taking your photos, especially the you know you're you're doing a lot more now. And you're you're hiking at night and stuff. Do you find yourself thinking about the subject more, like maybe kind of hoping that you have some kind of an encounter? Yeah, as I mentioned to you, I don't know if I necessarily want to have a close encounter on a trail. Is I do prefer to get out in the wilderness, and I just don't want to have that PTSD. I mean, I have a hunch that they might be out there in the forest and everything, but it's quite a bit of different thing uh, when you actually experience one up close. You can't really armchair quantify what that's going to feel like and i don't necessarily want to have that particular uh, experience weighing on my psyche when i do decide to go out the wilderness because it's i mean getting out hiking and photography it's kind of been one of those scenes that i've just carried with me and i intend to do it as long as i'm will able to put on hiking shoes and get up a mountain so i nice. don't don't want to be scared out of that I, I have i know that i will regardless even if i did see one at night I uh, still keep going back out, but it might change the way in my approach to it. And I kind of sure. like doing what I'm doing right now, so I, I don't want to necessarily have to worry about that. Um, it would be, I, I've heard mentioned like the best uh, account to experience is just one while you're driving on a road somewhere. And I kind of, at some point, hopefully with one of my friends who's super skeptical on the subject, see one like crossing the road, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, that's that's where I see the majority of my bears actually is just like ones that I'm on a horse or they're on that in front of me. But, right. Uh, That's what we yeah. get up here. The, uh, you, most of the time you just see a bear on the side of the road or a cut it's, you know, sprints across the road while you're driving, you know? Yeah. It's and even like something that big, as we talked about, like being able to hide within their environment, it's like even bears that are that big can still go concealed into a forest. Even I think Alaska is a little, more sparse in terms of trees and vegetation, but even still, they can hide out pretty well. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, you know, because I'm like you, I grew up in the Northwest, and um, I was kind of thinking like, oh, when we go up to Alaska, 
you know, everything's going to be bigger. It's going to be crazier. But yeah, like the trees are actually real because of the climate are really tiny. You don't have like the dense rainforest you have in Washington. Like I would say the forests in Washington are way, way thicker, way denser than anything you got up here. Hmm. Um, and uh, I mean, if, you know, when you when you see like a moose, which is, you know, you're talking 1200 pound plus animal um, easy. Uh, and they can disappear like in a second in the thicket, you know what I mean? Like they, and that's just up here. So like down there, shoot, I mean, good luck. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck finding it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just that ability to just jump off the side of a cliff and just disappear like that just shows like a certain level of navigational ability that like we've been mentioning, uh, would seem very supernatural to any person going into the woods, but yeah, it's it's pretty crazy what yeah. animals are able to do in that environment. Yeah, that's awesome, the, man. The recorded ones. Right, right. Very cool. Um, all right. Well, uh, if uh, people are curious about uh, checking out any of your um, photography work, where where could they go to do that? I have a website that I'm still kind of working on uh, over these years, but uh, Trevor Anderson Photography is my personal uh, photography website. I do post some on Instagram and some on Flickr. So, okay. Okay. Cool. Awesome. We'll, um, we'll make sure we put a link in the show notes on that. And, um, also, uh, what, uh, what magazines have you, has your work appeared in, in case people want to maybe track down some of your, your publications? Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's an online magazine. So I've done most of my uh, work for landscape photography magazine. So it started, mm-hmm. it, it's pretty crazy. Like how I've been kind of just grandfathered into uh, writing on there. It's been a really great opportunity. Uh, oh, that's I, awesome. Yeah, I started back in like 2012 doing like 500 word articles. I now do um, an article about every three months and try to do it more on that particular theme. But that's a good place. Unfortunately, it's a paid subscription. So if they want, if they're interested in landscape photography, it'd be a great magazine to check out. But no, no worries. They'll give you a little bit of a sample about the article, okay. but that's about it for free. Okay. Well, there you go, Cubs. If you want uh, support uh, Trevor's. Uh landscape photography it's yeah. trust me um as someone who's been following him uh in his work for a while it's definitely worth uh you know the the subscription fee uh you know and if you're a photographer you're definitely gonna want to be a part of that uh that website so check it out Excellent. cool you got uh, anything else man you got anything else you uh you need to get off your chest <laughs> oh, I, I just kind of rambled for a while on different uh, ideas that i had great. but uh, no yeah, I mean, I could talk about the subject for quite a while and, and still be interested after you know three or four hours on it. But <laughs> nice. The the show must come to an end eventually. I understand. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, yeah. thank you very much yeah, for, man. for doing this, man. This was a lot yeah, of fun. Awesome. Yeah, I love talking about it, and I appreciate you guys having me on. So, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Anytime. Maybe if I get uh, some other information, then do a round two later on or something. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Hit us up. Hit us up. Uh, I think this is going to be one of our, uh, you know, this is, we haven't, this is our first special. So there's already interest. So I think there's going to probably be some more coming down the pipe. Sweet. Yeah. And anything odd or strange that I notice out there, I'll uh, keep you guys in the loop. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's awesome. I I don't know. I haven't actually uh, apologized for not actually following up and seeing what your guys' themes of this podcast have been so far. But um, I mean, it'd be great to just, do one some discussing about nature and just hiking things like that. Sure, sure, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, we um we're technically a comic book podcast. Uh, 
but we, uh, you know, the, the main, the main focus is just storytelling. Yeah. So one of the things we kind of gotten away from is people's personal stories. We would come yeah. on and tell stories and then get into like the books we read and whatnot. And so that was kind of the catalyst behind, uh, like, Hey, let's do a special. Right. Uh, Cause you know, way, way back, like one of our first episodes, I told kind of, uh, I told my Bigfoot encounter mm -hmm. and, uh, we got a ton of feedback from listeners immediately. So we were like, okay, no, nope, we got to do some type of Bigfoot special for the, for the tiger cubs. Yeah. Uh, We've been talking about yeah. it forever. It's, it's interesting that see like the, uh, local government and the federal government still denies it that it exists, but you still see this growing interest in the Pacific Northwest. You see tons of, uh, yeah. rest that are themed on it, uh, bars, taverns, and then stickers all around. So there's definitely a growing interest, and in I think it's only like a matter of time before you know you're going to get this uh, demand that this be revealed because too mm -hmm. many people have encounters. I know it's a small number relative to the amount that actually go hiking, but still you're getting people, law enforcement agencies, uh, yeah. you're all sorts of different people, all different walks of life having these encounters are truthful across the board there obviously need to be to get into those positions and they're seeing these reports and the accounts with genuine fear in their voice and anyone that can read emotion and what people say and speak can determine that pretty quickly all yeah. you take is just a little bit of empathy uh and then yeah yeah it's it's amazing so, that I, yeah go ahead. so let me let me ask you this then before we let you go I'm getting the inkling. You think that there's a there's a bit of a cabal, a uh, government uh, conspiracy to keep this hush hush. And if so, why, why? why is that? Yeah, yeah. Why do you think they're it, keeping it? It just seems that's just my general train of thought. I don't know if it's uh, necessarily like a new sure. order sort of thing on that line, but I think there would be general interest in not having the idea come out. You look at logging, still a pretty big thing in the Pacific Northwest. Oh yeah. Imagine yeah. species protection that would have to come with recognizing this as a legitimate species. And if oh, you damn, that's at, a good point. It would be the spotted owl times yeah. a thousand all over again. Oh yeah. You literally okay. have the rarest animal on the planet right. snack dab right in logging country. Yeah, oh, like gosh, what, yeah. that just reveals like like I mentioned to Tad, so many more questions and answers. So mm -hmm. if they have known about this for this long they uh, hiding that information from the public, then, you know, what else is being uh, not revealed to us? There's clearly, uh, it's kind of like there, there's little Easter eggs that are hidden in different things. And mm -hmm. it tends to veer more towards the joking side. But if you look back on the historical accounts, uh, look, there's a seventies military report that does. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was the um, that was the survival guide that was yeah. issued there uh, the by the base there in the northwest. There, what's the one over there what? by Seattle? Well, I can't Fort remember. Lewis, JBLM, uh, Fort yeah. Lewis. Yeah. There's a lot of yeah. things that come out of Fort Lewis too. That if you uh, search around for the internet briefly, you'll find tons that are occurring in that area. Because that one is that's my hood. That's I live right by there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's I mean probably why uh, you have a very strong interest in it too. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. It's, it's it is interesting. You get those Easter eggs. You get people, law enforcement, people with genuine trust in society that go. They put their own career kind of uh, aside and then go on and tell these accounts. They usually mm -hmm. use different names, different pseudonyms. But you get those people telling a story, and 
yeah, you get all these kind of Easter eggs, like the official army account of species in the Northwest that it alluded to Sasquatch, but it kind of had a, a tiny bit of a joking theme to it when you read the fine print, but it was still there. Yeah. And it, it's almost just like we have this information and we're kind of laughing a little bit about it, but we'll, we'll give you uh, bits and pieces of it, but it's definitely, uh, definitely out there. And it's yeah. just like, at, and then, yeah, it's just like the, if so many people are having these reports, some people go missing. I'm not attributing that completely to having it be a Sasquatch, but sure. there's definitely like unidentified, uh, identified people can't be traced. They just disappear and we have no clues. That's one of the ideas that's been linked to it. But if sure. it is a general safety concern, which I think it obviously according to the reports that I hear it might be, and if you're going to look at like a, a bear or a cougar as being a threat to humans, then what about this thing that could be, you know, 90, 12 feet tall out there roaming around that right. has to be threat as well. And if that's being hidden from us, then we're not having adequate protection. We're not adi- adequate resources to be able to get out and navigate these lands. And right. Mm-hmm. There's so many, so many different things that you can go into about that. That makes it very interesting. it's like your responsibility, um, you know, protecting agencies, uh, protecting um, anything that industry. Might- yep. yeah. I, I, you know, as much as as I, I get older, it seems like most of the the fuckery that happens in the world <laughs> usually is linked to industry protecting industry some and kind someone of someone making money. Yep. And when you mention that about logging, it's like, yeah, because I, I mean, you and I were, I mean, we grew up in a logging town, Same. and remember, I don't know if you remember, but when the spotted owl happened, man, like I remember there was there was a lot of families that lost everything, you know, where all of a sudden, like, you know, they're, you know, it, they're on the families on welfare and needing kind of assistance and all that kind of stuff. Because like, I mean, Arlington got rocked so hard when we were kids by that same and Darrington just shut down. Remember that? I actually, uh, I don't remember that particular detail, but it's good that you brought it up. And that just adds another fuel to the fire about this, this whole thing. I like what it potentially do. And then you look at like historical accounts, then that kind of reveals like everything that we've been told. Sure. I mean, well, think about it. Think, think about it. We were on the same boys and girls club basketball team. And remember when we played Darrington, we always had to go play in Darrington. Oh, yeah. They never came down. Yeah. Because like just financially, it was too much of a strain on the community for the wow. team, for the, for the, the families to come down in, to drive down into Arlington, which really isn't that far, but. You know, it was that was all because of the the, the spotted owl incident. Um, yeah, yeah, oh man, you get me thinking here. <laughs> uh, yeah, just like the history. So I mean, a, a lot. I feel like it's uh, it's yeah. We kind of have to accept the things that we've been told about our history is kind of half truths because no one actually that's telling the story today went back and lived that. So it's all just kind of based on, for the most part hearsay my friend always used to to say like his story so we're, we're told the story and we're kind of forced back to believe that um yeah. so I, I feel like outside of the stuff that's been proven um by any sort of you know carbon dating and things like that I, I feel like a lot of it is something that we're just hoping is completely accurate and that's where like something like this will tie in more if this is revealed like what does that tell us about our past story? And like, we have to try to piece wherever this thing came from together, who knows where it spawned from, but where does this fit in with the human record? And if it mm-hmm. is 
mostly like humans and what the hell. Yeah. So let me, before we let you go, I guess I'll give you this last, last question. Uh, what do you think it's going to take to prove to all the skeptics, just to the world in general, Ooh, yeah. that the North American wood ape, uh, specifically in, uh, in the Northwest is the, is a real thing. What do you think it's going to take? Uh, to a lot of the mass population, I think it would need a body and that's what, uh, Sasquatch Chronicles podcast often hints at too, is that like to convince even what we would assume to be an open-minded community, like coast to coast AM, mm-hmm. uh, I think you would still need to actually have that, like that physical creature there for them to, uh, actually accept that that's a legitimate thing but yeah. to think that that will actually get to the public is wishful thinking based on all the reasons that we touched on and the protection that's going on out there so it would have yeah. to be something that's brave enough just to I, I don't even know how it would be done it would have to probably be done somewhat underground to avoid that particular aspect of somebody wanting to come in and protect those things that are at play uh, yeah or someone who has the forethought that if they do kill one, they take it straight to King Five News or something, you know, where yeah, live. Good luck getting airtime on that and like not having yeah. them manipulate the story too. Um, I mean, on an individual level, I think a lot of the skeptical people will have to go out into the woods for quite a while and actually see one in person to be able to uh, really believe in that. I'm, anyone sure. that is like highly doubtful of the subject. Uh, spend you know four or five hours just researching maybe even spend a week if you want to uh, and then i feel like you'll come up with a mountain of different things that are kind of unexplainable you may not actually sure. even the subject but you'll definitely question your stance on it and become mm. a little yeah I, I always find that the people that aren't even open-minded about it like they leave the barn door open a bit a, even just a a foot and that it might exist I always find the people that aren't are just absolute no um, usually have never really spent any serious amount of time in the in like hardcore wilderness. You know what I mean? Like they've never been out there by themselves or they've never been out there uh, on a, you know, multi D hiking where it's like, oh, crap, if I die, no one's going to find me. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah. Like until you eliminate all the things that could go against Sasquatch and go out there and spend that time, I feel like it's only then where you kind of have the ability to maybe uh, shut the door on the subject. But until then, yeah, I, I feel like you have to be as inquisitive as possible. If you're taking a stance that it does not exist. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right, man. Well, you have a good night and thanks yeah. again for doing this. This was fantastic. Yeah, really fun. Uh, about as much fun as I've had uh, discussing anything on Skype. So uh, thank yeah, you. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we'll be back on soon to discuss more things. So. Yeah, cool. man. Anytime. Looking forward anytime. to it. Thank you, guys. And we're back. Oh, man. What an interview. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, we got another guest here straight out of the, the Northwest. Yeah. Yeah. How's it going, Amron? Good, man. It's a good introduction. <laughs> it's not our best. It's not, not our, our best. best. Not no. our best. Like um, 
Yeah, man. So, uh, well, you know why you're here. You're here to talk, to talk. Me, but uh, and it sounds like you got a couple stories for us. And uh, yeah, maybe a little extra on that. I didn't realize that uh, you had such a kind of a rich history with uh, the Sasquatch. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you know, as a middle schooler, when we knew each other, you don't really bring that stuff up at basketball yeah. practice. Or, or whatever you yeah. know oh my god yeah basketball. <laughs> that would have been that would have been brutal <laughs> yeah i'm just gonna apologize now for being so shitty at basketball uh, but Dude, are, good. are you we still shitty at basketball grade. played yeah. seventh grade varsity man we were, that's true we were that's true good. we're killing it dominating <laughs> the boards then, i think you started wrestling right after that though yeah i went into wrestling and then um just disappeared into that wild world yeah that was it. That was it for me. But uh, you, you still play. You played all through, uh, all through high school, right? Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah, that shows how much I was around. Oh man, I was so checked <laughs> out back then. Yeah. Uh, so everything's good, though. Everything's good. Just slaving away on the railroad. Oh all wow! Right. Okay, nice. Yeah. Nice. nice. All right. Well, uh, let's. Uh, y- you have a couple stories for us, right? I do, yeah. All right, well, let's um, let's. Well, how? We'll let you start. You can either start from the very beginning, your first encounter with the wood ape, or uh, you know whatever you think is the best story. Yeah. I'll start with the life of Amron. How about that? I like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know. You guys kind of just met. You know, I've known Tad a while, but probably didn't know. But I was born in Alaska. Oh, oh, are you, are you uh, there? Yeah. You're you're cutting in and out. Uh, can you yeah. can you start that over? Is there? Yeah. Can you hear me now? <laughs> oh, it's yeah, oh, way, yeah. Better, way better. Way better. All right. Well, yeah. Um, I was just saying that. Uh, you know, I was born in Alaska. My mom, she's uh, she's Alaska Native, so I'm I'm part Alaska Native also. So I kind of grew up uh, just uh, with the whole Sasquatch thing, just the Native folklore, and. Uh, just always asking questions and um, just not kind of obsessed with it, really. Just just loving to hear about it, loving to get scared, you know. Yeah. And then uh, and then I'd come back. I'd spend my summers up there, and I'd come back and just keep it to myself, basically. <laughs> but uh, but you know, growing up up there, I, I knew about it, and so. Down here, we lived out towards Oso, where they had that big mudsled, and uh, I was in the fifth grade, and it was during uh, it was during baseball season in the springtime. So I remember it was uh, it was starting to get just a little bit darker out, but it you know it's maybe like four o'clock in the afternoon, five o'clock, so it's starting to get darker in this early springtime, and. Uh, I was shooting around. I was at a basketball hoop, so I was shooting around by myself. And then uh, I grabbed some bat, uh, baseball bat, and I was doing some bat swings. And I was facing this clearing that we had. And uh, at the edge of the clearing is about like 50 yards away. It's like half a football field, so you know about 150 feet. We, uh, or it was me. I, um, I was facing there. I was swinging the bat, and then all of a sudden. I just saw this monster Sasquatch is uh, just walking 
like parallel to me from the right to the left. And, uh, it just, it just popped up out of nowhere. Like it didn't, it didn't sit up or anything. It was just, I wasn't even paying attention until it moved. And then it like last step and a half, it turned its head and looked right at me. And I was, just, fro- I was just frozen in fear, just fucking frozen. Like could so, not move. So you think it was just standing there and then it well, decided to move and that's well, when you noticed it? Well, there's a bunch of trees right there. Like, you know, the Pacific Northwest, the, uh, you know, the, the forest is so thick. Like you can't see 10 yards in the forest, you know? True. So right. I was, I wasn't thinking about it. I wasn't looking for nothing. I was just sitting there like doing bat swings, trying to get my bat strength up. And then I noticed it when it started moving and it started moving, maybe took like three steps or so. And the, the lot, it took three steps and it cleared like a, maybe like 10 yard clearing, just a monster. And it was, it was reddish colored. It was like reddish brown. I remember that. So and let me uh, ask you, the, not to interject, if I have, to, I have yeah. to ask though, can you describe the face a little bit? I'm just curious. Well, you know what? It was, uh, well, it was a little distance away. It was like, you know, 50 yards or so. So okay. I remember it looked at me and I looked at it, but I couldn't make out like eye color because it was just a little way. It was a little bit too far away. And I, okay. you know, so I couldn't, I, I know we looked at each other and I but it was, uh, but you know, I, I couldn't make out the actual complete facial, like the finer details. Yeah, mm-hmm. I couldn't. And I just remember really not even looking at its face, just looking at its huge shoulders, you know, and, and, uh, it, it looked just like Patty on the Patterson Gimlin film, honestly, you know, Jesus, yeah. how, how tall do you think it was? Uh, well, you know, it's, I was, I was so much younger. I don't even know. Like the size comparison is so much different, you know. Yeah, like, that's true. Like mm-hmm. I've I've gone back there recently, and I'm like, man, like all the trees that were there just so much bigger, and I'm like, fuck. But uh, it had to been over seven feet for sure, like for sure. Like it was bigger than your dad, definitely, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I'm bigger than my dad. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, yeah. My dad, he he was short. He's only like five eleven or something like that. And I'm six five now, but that uh. Yeah, that thing was huge. It was a monster. And, uh, yeah, and I, I just remember being so frozen in fear. Like, I, it was like a primal feeling, like, like cat and mouse. Like, I couldn't even move. Like, I was just, I was just frozen. And then as soon mm-hmm. as it was, it was gone, then I, it's almost like I snapped out of it. It's like, oh my God. And then, like, we had this big porch that had, like, steps. And so, like, I ran and, like, I jumped up in one leap, just like superhuman strength. And like, I ran inside and I slammed the door closed and I locked it. And like, I was so scared. My dad's looking at me like, what the fuck? And then he's sitting there watching TV. And uh, dude, I was so scared. I remember my teeth were like chattering. Just like, like I had, like I had the, sh- the shivers, you know, just like, yeah, it was, cr- it was crazy. I've never been that scared in my entire life. Did your dad say anything to you when you're, you know, over there shaking like a, you know, leaf in the wind? He's like, what are uh, you doing? I'm like, I'm like, there's a fucking Sasquatch. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, get out of the way. Like I was in front of the TV or something, you know, it's like, what? It's like, you guys aren't listening, man. They just thought you were messing around. Yeah. But wow. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't believe me. I even heard my mom talking on the phone. Like the next night she's like, yeah, Aaron says he saw a Sasquatch. She's like, and then for some reason she came up with this thing that I like 
she's like, yeah, he said that he was wearing a top hat. And I was like, I never fucking said it was wearing a top hat. Like, what wow. is going on? Like, I, I'm guessing over at Thanksgiving, this is still like the, a heated debate. The top no, hat. They, they totally believe me. Really? Oh, was, really? Okay. Yeah, because of the second story that happened. Oh, okay. So, All my right. Dad was, my dad was there. <laughs> I want to. I want to ask you though. Uh, yeah. You know, you were so you were in fifth grade when this happened, right? Yep. So, well, I I one hundred percent believe you, but I do want to yeah. ask: Is there a possibility that of anything else that it could have been? Like thinking back, you know what I mean? Because no, you know, no, no, no. Okay. <laughs> like this was clear as day. Like, like there's sure, no. It was a Sasquatch. There's there's no doubt about it. Okay. Like. Oh. It's been, like I've read books. I've you know I grew up with the culture of it. Like yeah, it was. I've seen bears. You know. Sure. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, I even crashed my bike into a black bear with my cousin when I was up in Alaska one summer. Holy crap! <laughs> <laughs> it was a young one, but it's like I've been Still, close to bears. Like I know what bears look like. Right. You know? Yeah, we we were just talking about that the other night um, about how uh, I don't know how people. I mean, maybe if you're not familiar with wildlife, like uh, Northwest wildlife or Alaskan wildlife, you know, you're from the city and you see the back end of a moose. I could see how you could think it was something else. But if you've grown up in that area, I, you know, have you ever mistaken a deer for a person? Have you ever mistaken a bear for uh for a guy? No, man. Like, because you see that stuff, it's you you recognize it like you recognize your parents, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's. It's like a dog for a cat. It's like, no, it's obviously a dog. Yeah. You know, I, I just got to ask for the skeptic for the cubs who might be listening, who are skeptics. So got to ask the tough questions here. Yeah. People aren't going to believe me anyway, but I don't, I don't really Ah, care. Fuck them. I know what I, I know what I saw, you know? And yeah, if if they, they don't want to believe, I mean, I dare you to go spend a night out in the North Cascades by yourself. Right. You know? Yeah, exactly. You really want to, really want to believe go spend a week out there past darrington and see what happens yeah we um we got another guy that actually that'll be coming on later that uh he had his um he had his encounter up at uh, in darrington which mm. is kind of funny so yours is an oso and then his is up in yep. darrington so i mean you you hear a lot of that about it out in that that area you know places like concrete yep. and darrington it's just there's not a lot of people so not a lot of people you know not a lot of people talk about it Right. Well, I remember here at Teddy Roosevelt even went, he was on like an expedition. He went camping out by Darrington and I guess he had a big, uh, a big crazy encounter, something like running really? around his campsite. Yeah, I guess I remember hearing about it. I never read about it though, but I guess it was in uh, some type of memoir or something like that. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So. So, okay, cool. So, um, so I'm, I'm going to just, before we get into your next story, I'm going to throw this out there. Um, I'm guessing you're in what kind of, well, I, I shouldn't guess. I'll just say what, what camp are you at? Where do you think Bigfoot falls? Do you think it's like uh paranormal? Do you think it's uh wildlife? I happen to be more in like kind of the grounded, uh, you know, wildlife perspective. Uh, but that's just me. Same here. Yeah. I, yeah. For some reason people think it's paranormal. Like they talk about Bigfoot and aliens. I'm like, that's no Chewbacca. Like, come on, man. You know, <laughs> right. I just, I just a, don't, I don't yeah. get that. It just seems like if you're gonna, 
be, for something to be, it, it seems more logical to be like, why are you going to con- convolute it with even making it more sophisticated by like it, you know, has powers yeah, exactly. or yeah. Just, yeah, they're just, know. they're just clouding up, you know, the, the facts behind it. Like, I just think it's an unknown primate, you know, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. yeah it's just a hominid that just another monkey, you know, and, I mean, they're finding land animals all the time. Like, even just a few years ago, they found, like, 40 new species of land animals in Papua New Guinea, like a tree-dwelling kangaroo. And it's like, they're still finding stuff all the time, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, to have, like, a Sasquatch that would just, like, it's kind of shy in in person, you know? That wants nothing to do with humans. Humans humans are assholes. We're all garbage people. I don't blame them. Yeah. Yeah, I think if you take something like the shyness of a gorilla and give it the range and the um, uh, the rareness of, like, say, uh, wolverines in the lower 48, you're never going to see it. You're never going to see it unless it's by accident. Like, you know, yeah. how you how you had your encounter, you just turn around and just happen to be cutting through the, the edge of the wood line, you know? Yeah. And, yeah, I was actually facing that direction for a while and then it just kind of notice the movement so wow so it just it probably just blended right in it could have been watching you the whole time the whole time you're out there swinging the bat i was thinking uh, i mean i was shooting around i had a basketball hoop so i was just like playing ball by myself you know and it's probably just watching me like a curious monkey with a bouncing ball (laughs) you know yeah and then we we had a uh we had like a wood burning fireplace at that house and my dad i mean my dad's smart. He's got like a PhD. Like he's real, he's real logical with everything. And, uh, okay. I remember we'd be out cutting wood and we'd hear these crazy, crazy screams and stuff coming from the woods. And I'd be oh. like, what's that? And he'd be like, Oh, that's a cougar. Like, Oh, what's that? And he's like, Oh, could be a bobcat. And then we'd hear like a witch screaming in the woods. And he's like, what's that? And he's like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> I don't fucking know. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's a couple times even where I think he kind of got spooked while we're out there cutting wood, like just hearing screams and shrieks in the woods. And he's like, that's uh, enough for today. And I didn't really think nothing about it. I mean, I could hear him too, but I was like, you never really see your dad scared, you know? So you're like, yeah, that's right. So yeah. when you do, you're kind of like, especially as a yeah. kid, like, Oh shit, it's getting real. <laughs> <laughs> so then uh, you see him mowing grass with a sidearm. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think you know, that's, that's up. just, that's just small town Washington, though. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, where I'm at up here in Alaska, I mean, you'll just be driving. I went driving around the other day. Just I had some kind of time to kill waiting for uh, an inter- like a, it was like a meeting. And uh, yeah, and here's some dude. You'll just see guys cruising around with like, you know, you know, they've got uh, like a Smith and Wesson 500 just hanging out the, the front of their jeans, just cruising around. <laughs> You're like, what are you doing? They're like, oh, just going to get the mail, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember I was up there and I, well, I used to live up there, but some guy was like walking to the post office and he got trampled by a moose. You know, oh, yeah. like, you hear stuff like that all the time and you're like, oh my God. Oh yeah. We had, um, I think it was last year we had three people killed by bears. Um, wow. and two of those people were killed by the same bear. Jeez. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's usually when they're like starving and hung, like real skinny, then they're dangerous, right? Yeah, or, you know, cubs. Um, sometimes yeah. something just clicks, uh, like that 
the grizzly that killed two people really just a couple miles away from my house. Wow. Uh, it, uh, they don't know what the deal was. They never even caught that one. They thought they did, uh, but it turned out to be the wrong bear. Um, <laughs> it got away. So it's still out there someplace waiting to get its next human meal. Yikes. I don't even know how they know which bear does it. Like, cause so many times, like there's these cougar attacks up by North Bend and they're like, yeah, we got it. It's like, well, how do you really know you got it until you like cut it open? I guess, you know? Yeah. I, I was, I was talking to somebody and they were telling me they do something with like DNA tagging. So they have like a database of, uh, of bears. Uh, and I don't know where they get the DNA. If somebody goes out there and, Trank some and takes a sample or if it's uh, they're just tracking individual bears and it's just following their lineage. But they have most most of the bears in the state have ID numbers, uh, which is pretty interesting. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's what I, I want to do with the Sasquatch, you know, like because they got those tranquilizers now that have like GPS tracking in the darts. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, yeah. You know how sweet to actually see one and, you know, and boom, trank it. Maybe yeah, Yeah, I was reading something about they use um, with a lot of animals now. They just have tape. They hang these little DNA trackers from like tree branches. And so when animals walk by, it literally just snags and then embeds in their fur and and into their skin like a burr. Hmm. And so they can track the animal for sometimes, you know, for months with this like little uh, GPS tracking device. It's kind of crazy. They're going to get them eventually, but uh, yeah. Well, some yeah. people some people think that they've already got them right, and it's covered it's up. True. You know, uh, we're uh, Emron, where where do you lie on that line? Do you think it's just like it's completely undiscovered? Uh, do you think that um, you know people in our government know about it and covered it up? Where, where yeah, do you lie well, on that? Yeah, I, well, I well, I don't see the uh, the purpose of the government being able to let people know that it's real you know because mm-hmm. like all of a sudden you're gonna get like a like a rush of hunters trying to go and bag one if they know yeah. it's real you know, like things like that so you know why not just say nothing and then people, right. there's so many skeptics anyway so you don't even have to mess you don't even have to mess with it as a government you know but yeah. I've, I've if it no doesn't exist you don't have to worry about it right exactly yeah like yeah i mean and I think it's like that with probably most of the governments like Russia, you know, and or whatever. But I'm sure that I'm sure there's I'm sh- like, I don't know if men in black are real, but I don't know why they wouldn't be able to show up for something like that. You know, like right. if I was to go right now and and like I bagged one and I'm like telling Tad like, oh, my God, I got a squatch, you know, and they could probably intercept my phone, you know, like they know exactly where I'm at. They know everything that's going on. You're, you're going to be yeah. driving down the mountain in your truck with the squatch in the back, and all of a sudden there's going to be a few guys that are going to pop out like, hey, hey, we'll take that off your hands. Yeah. None of this happened. Exactly. Yep. I wonder about that, you know? Yeah. That's a good and, point. You know what? That was a good point. Uh, in our last interview, uh, you know, he was talking about uh, the logging industry, keep trying to yeah. keep tight-lipped on it. But then, you know, I didn't think about the hunters coming in trying to bag one. And then, or in poachers, and just think about like the masses of people that would show up to these small towns oh, that, don't, yeah. that aren't going to have the capacity to like handle that. Be oh, hysteria. Yeah, sure. They would just, it would be hysteria. They would just take over. You, you get, 
you get a thousand guys in Snohomish County woods all of a sudden, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. Oh, can you imagine all of the, oh, all the PETA guys and granola dudes coming oh. out? You know, I, pro- I probably want to save the squatch too. You know, I would like, too. I'd be with them yeah, for that too. one. Yeah, it'd be nice to prove the existence while still preserving the species. You know. Yeah. 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 I always hear like if it's proven, we'd have to worry about you know people going out and killing them all. And I'm kind of like, well, it's not like people are going out and killing them <laughs> by the hundreds now. Like I yeah. think it would be okay. Um, I, yeah, it's just a matter of like, do you really need to kill an animal, um, like that's as unique as this, especially if there's a tiny population, right? you know, like there might not be a lot left, you know, I read somewhere that they think that there's like an estimated 800, uh, around the Pacific Northwest, but I think that includes like British Columbia, like the Southern part. Sure. Yeah. And I'm sure you guys know, but you know. Mount St. Helens, they think actually killed off a pretty large population when it blew. Yeah, I uh, hmm. I've heard some stories about um, you know the cu- there's all those little stories you hear circulating, um, especially around the Bigfoot community about um, you know the the Mount St. Helens cover up, uh, you know the National Guard burning bo- Bigfoot bodies and that kind of stuff. Interesting. Well, I haven't See, heard that. I'm new to Uh-oh. I'm new to the Bigfoot game, so everything that we're talking about is all is all new to me, and it's fascinating yeah you know, they got the well, they used to call it ape canyon you know yeah and then, mm-hmm. and then when it blew then they figured killed a bunch of them off unfortunately yeah. we still have the ape caves the ape caves are still around yeah we're yeah. in that's in uh down in uh in in cougar is that cougar washington yeah cougar washington when you go down to woodland and then you can go up go up to the yeah. caves through there yeah they do a big marathon run out there i believe every year um they do my wife and i were actually looking at property out there and then we realized the commute down to portland would be hell yeah. so we oh, yeah. put the kibosh on it <laughs> oh yeah everywhere over here is ridiculous yep true oh, man yeah i5 glad i don't Sucks. have to deal with that anymore yeah <laughs> you're you're not missing anything at all <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, Samron, what was your uh, what's this other story? I know you've got another right. one that uh, that gets a little it gets a little hairy. See what I did there? Okay, I like <laughs> that. Good segue. Yeah. This one is is pretty cool. It's uh, so I think it was like 2005, 2000, okay. yeah, 2005, 2006. Me and my dad were uh, we went camping over by Winthrop. Okay, so we actually I remember. The campsite, I don't care if you guys know what it is, it's called Chowak. And so we, right. went, we went to the Chowak camp, campground and uh, and we showed up and we're like, oh, this place looks cool, you know? And and uh, we also don't like places that are crowded. So oh, it's yeah, like the, sure. the, main, the main road, you know? And then the campsite, the road that goes through the campsite was kind of in like a shape of a U, like a horseshoe. And at the okay. very very bottom of the u um there's a creek that runs right by and there's a there's a camp and there's a campsite like right there we're like oh this is a good spot and there's there's absolutely nobody there just me and my dad and then there's a camp host and his wife that just that's what they do every year because they're retired is they just uh they just go to you know national parks 
and uh, they just, look after the campgrounds and stuff. Yeah, they're just the camp hosts, you know, they camp for free all summer and just hang out. So That's awesome. You know, we introduced ourselves to him and everything, and when he checked us in, we paid for a couple nights or whatever. So we're the only people there, and the next campsite is like 15 miles in each direction. We're like, oh, this place is cool, you know. So we spent the day like hiking and you know doing all that stuff and and then uh we came back and we uh we had some lanterns and we were, we were just playing uh heads up poker at it was back when like everybody was into poker you know mm-hmm. like oh yeah oh yeah poker when is this trading. early 2000s like 2005 you okay know, 2006 so um so yeah we we're just playing poker you know heads up just me and him and then uh we decided to go to bed it's like 11 o'clock at night so I, uh, I ended up passing out pretty hard Uh-oh. and then I wake up like right around midnight, like 12 Oh, nope. we're losing you, Amron. You're losing me. There oh, we go. You're back. There it is. Back. All right. Sorry. What was the last thing I said? <laughs> uh, you were starting to, I think drowse off. Oh yeah. So, uh, I, I, I passed out around 11 o'clock at night in, we each had our own tent, so I had like a two-man tent that I slept in, and then he had his tent uh, pretty close, like 20, 30 feet away. And so I uh, I dozed off in my tent, and then I wake up around midnight, and uh, and I hear a big splash in the water. Mm-hmm. And, I was, and I was like, what is that? And then I hear my dad's tent unzipping. I said, I said, Dad, are you all right? And he goes, No, there's some damn kids down here throwing rocks. And I was like, Kids, what the? F- we're the only fucking people here. And so, and so then you hear another splash. But these rocks were so big that they'd they'd hit the surface of the water, and then you could hear them clang on the bottom of the creek bed. So it's like Ooh. a splash and then a crack. That's so a big rock. Yeah, yeah. those are. Uh, yeah, they must have been like 15, 20 pounders, you know. Yeah, and, uh, and I was like, Ugh. so I remember I looked at my cell phone. It's like twelve oh two or something like that. I didn't have any service, and then uh, so I unzipped my tent, got my flashlight, and I walked down there. And there's a little beach right next to the creek, and my dad's down there, and he goes, "Quit throwing those damn rocks!" And I'm like, <laughs> and, and so it's it's so black, like yeah, like it, there's cloud cover. And so you can't see shit. You can't see the stars or nothing. It's so dark out. So I walk down to the beach where my dad is, and he's got his 41 mag pistol pointed out in the air. He's like, quit throwing those rocks. And then you hear like another rock splash and then <laughs> clang against the bottom of the creek. And I'm like, I'm like, Dad, what are you doing? Like, get off Which, here. What are you? What are you? Put the gun like, away, man. If it is kids, what are you going to shoot him? Yeah. yeah. And then he's like what is that like i was like i don't know man like let's just go let's just go to tell the camp host that there's something weird going on i was like we're the only people here and he's like all right i was like just put the gun down so he puts the gun down and then (laughs) and then as they're walking to his truck we hear you know more splashes and cracking against the bottom of the creek bed i'm like oh my god and so we went we drive up to the camp host who's parked up kind of by the road and we uh we got our headlights on and we stopped and I, I i'm standing there by the truck and i'm like hey uh sorry to wake you i don't know if you can hear me or not 
uh, there's something weird going on in our campsite. And the guy goes, oh, there's a father and a son camp down there. And I'm like, no, that's us. And he goes, <laughs> he goes, well, stand in front of the, your high beams so I could see you. So I stand in front of the high beams and I like wave. He goes, oh, it is you. I was like, yeah. He goes, I'll be out. I'll be out in a minute. So he starts fumbling around. You can hear him fumble around in his trailer. And then he comes out and he, uh, he like busts open the front door and steps down in the big old with like a shotgun. We're like, oh, oh shit. shit. Yeah. And so we all hop in my dad's truck at like a little Ford Ranger. And I'm like in the middle. And so we come down the opposite way. So like so from the right to the left, like at the bottom of the, it's like a U horseshoe, you know, mm-hmm. so we're coming from the opposite way. And as we come down, our our high beams shine in our campsite, and we can see a set of eyes, like six or seven feet up in the air, running horizontal. And then there's another set of eyes that's like half as tall, running right behind it. And oh, so we could, yeah, so we couldn't see the bodies, but we could see the eyes like booking it out of our campsite. And we're oh. like, oh my god! And the guy's like, he's like, dude, I don't. Like we told him what's going on. He's like, dude, he's like, he's like, we camped here for a couple summers. He's like, and nobody ever camps here. He's like, you guys, he's like, I don't know if it's a local thing or what. He's like, you guys are really welcome to stay in our trailer. So we end up staying in his trailer all night. And then as soon as, uh, as soon as the morning, the daylight started breaking, we, uh, we went and we started wading across the Creek and looking for footprints and stuff, but we didn't, we didn't see anything. Hmm. Wow. But my dad's version, what happened is what, so I woke up because I heard, you know, the rocks getting thrown to the creek, yeah. you know, crashing, my dad's tent unzipping. But what woke him up before me is he said he could, he's a real light sleeper. He could hear them running around our campsite and they're like brushing up against his tent as they're running by. Holy shit. Oh, yeah. Wow. So they were like, they were up che- checking you guys out. And then when your dad came out of the tent, then they kind of hightailed it to the other yeah. side of the water. Whoa. Wow. Well, they, they might have. I think, honestly, I think they were on our side of the oh. water. Yeah. So they I were just messing with them, huh? I, yeah. I think, I don't think they were, they were just hanging out. Like, I don't think they were, had any violent nature or anything. I think they're just, they're just, just curious. Like, hanging out, just kind of yeah. playing. You know? And I think she had a, I imagine that it was like a female and her, her juvenile Sasquatch, you know, just kind of showing it around, like, hey, these are humans. Uh, don't let them see you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes go by, you could rob their cooler. You know, right? You must so, yeah, never I mean, be seen. I mean, if you guys were like eating in the day down there at the or that evening, they could have been coming up there looking for something, something yeah. to snag. You know? Yeah, I I figured they came from the other side of the creek because it's. I mean, there's nothing on the other side. It's just forest for like. Mm-hmm. It's the Okanagan forest, you know, just like as far as you can oh. see. Yeah. And then, so we, we got kind of spooked and we ended up going back home. And then we got enough courage. We're like, hey, man, let's, uh, you want to go back this summer? And he's like, yeah. And we're like, all right, cool. <laughs> so we had like, um, we had like night vision goggles, you know, and like, all really? That. Yeah. We were like, we we're like ready to go. So we go back there, we get there. And then the very next day, they, uh, evacuated us because of all these forest fires oh like, dang yeah stupid wow so, yeah, that's we... uh that's a pretty hair-raising encounter man yeah. like that's 
Yeah. I've actually seen something running out of your campsite. I mean, damn. Something big. I just remember the camp host getting kind of scared. He's an older guy. And that's when I was like, well, we're not imagining this shit. Like, something's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Isn't that always the case? Is like, you kind of like, well, you know, we just fell asleep. Maybe, maybe we're (laughs) just kind of, you know, our imagination's getting the best of us. But then you have someone else who's sharing yeah. in the experience and you're like, okay, well we know it's not just us. There's something actually like happening here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's no way it was, it was a human, you know? And, and we tried thinking like, what could even pick up a rock? Like what would have a thumb, like an opposable thumb to like pick up a rock and huck it, you know? And there's only one explanation to be able to pick up a rock besides the human. There's yeah. No there. And, and let's be honest, like, you're you got to be a goddamn idiot or have a death wish if you're running around the wilderness, especially in the Cascades, yep. uh, at midnight and uh, messing with people's campsites. Because, I mean, we all yeah. we've all, all been out there, man. Like you mess around with the wrong campsite, you're gonna get shot, yeah. and then mm-hmm. questions will be asked. Dude, my after. dad had a, my dad was about to blast a kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. He's like, quit throwing those damn rocks. I'm like, what is these? Like, these damn kids. And I'm like, there ain't no fucking kids. Yeah. I'm like, geez. Oh, man. That's that's intense, dude. Yeah. That's really intense. And that was yeah. out by, where'd you say that was out by Winthrop? Yeah, just north of Winthrop. They have this monument called, uh, it's called 30 Mile because I guess they had a bunch of uh, wildland firefighters that died. Okay. So, it's called 30 Mile. And you go up there and it's the Chihuahua campground. It's off to the right there. Well, there you go, Tiger Cubs. There it is. Get up there. Go check it out. See if you have yeah. uh go stay by the river if you so are so bold. Set up cameras. Set up cameras. Let yeah. us know what you see. Share it with your us. Bodies and some, people fat. That, some people think that they could see the infrared. Like it. Yeah. You know, I'm it, there's a lot of it seems like a lot of especially um mammals with night vision can do you know, we know cougars can see it. Um wolverines, bear, you know, it um, I even saw a thing with like mountain gorillas. Uh, they set up some camera traps and until the mountain gorillas got used to it, they refused to come down the trail. So you could hear the gorillas, but they were like up this trail. Yeah. Just, you know, they were, they're making a lot of noises, like aggressive noises, but it was all because they were agitated by the fact this camera being set on the, uh, the trail. And I, I remember I saw that and I was going, yeah. huh? Well, there that you makes go. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And who who knows? I mean, yeah, that's my my buddy Bobo. Uh, he uh, that's why he's really into thermal imagers because he he thinks it's now. When you say Bobo, are you talking about the infamous Bobo of Finding Bigfoot? Yeah, that guy. Wow! So you so you rolling with some celebrity Bigfoot hunters here? Yeah, I haven't rolled with them in a long time. We're, we're actually supposed to go up to Alaska because I was told by a family member where they might have some uh, some like Sasquatch graves. Like they. they I, there's a guy I know that thinks he came across uh, like a Bigfoot burial site. Oh, I'm in. Like, mounds. Okay, but now, now you have to tell us this tale. Cause this yeah. sounds- well, I can only tell you so much. I want to tell you okay. the location. You don't give us the location, but just kind of yeah. give us what, what did he stumble upon? Like what exactly what was the... Uh, how did I, this I, need, I, I actually down? need those GPS coordinates exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know the coordinates. But uh, he, well, he's going to bring me there. Amron, you're a bad liar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, this guy, he uh, 
he uh, he he liked to go out just him and his dog when he got out of the Marines, and he uh, and he wanted to go and he he wanted to kind of go and spelunk and you know check these places out, and so he uh, he never been to this area before, and he heard about uh, he heard that there might be a lake up there or someone on the airplane that because there's a lot of people up there like even my uncle's got his own like Cessna you know and and we're like oh yeah we're going over here and we saw this lake up here so he's like oh I'm gonna go check that lake out and so he goes and you know he parks his boat there and he's got his dog and it's pretty good hike up this hill and he makes it all the way there I don't think it was that far maybe like a mile and a half or so and uh and he went up there and he noticed the tree line ends and then he could see uh there's a lake but then as he got closer he noticed these weird like they look like burial mounds like they're mounds and he interesting was like, yeah and he was like he was like well, i wonder what that is you know and, and as he started getting close to the mounds he started hearing these crazy screams and shrieks coming from the other side of the tree line and then uh so he got scared shit and his dog started cowering and whimpering you know was like, oh wow. he's, he's like oh my god and then uh you know being native himself like he was already thinking what it might be like the sounds coming from the woods. Yeah. And then uh, I guess a bunch of rocks and everything started getting thrown and uh, he was scared for his life. So he, uh, I guess he actually grabbed his dog, like picked his dog up and just hoofed it all the way down, just ran all the way back to his boat and just booked out of there. And he's actually scared shit. He's like, he's like, I ain't fucking going with you. He's like, I'll tell you exactly where it is and everything. He's like, but I'm not going, you know? Really? Yeah. So it, you know, when people get the fear like that, it's like, well, maybe they did see something because it's yeah. not a fun. Ex- it's not a fun experience, man. Like, no, being no. terrified. No, that's not fun. Yeah. At all. <laughs> no, like, it's, it's it's more than that, though. It's like so I remember the natives used to say that it was uh, that when you see a Bigfoot, they call them woodsmen. They're like, when you see a woodsman, um, they actually like hypnotize you, like almost like put a spell on you. But mm-hmm. I, I don't think it was, I don't think it was so much that I think I think you feel like you're hypnotized, but I think you're just you're just so paralyzed with fear that you can't move. Right. And so I think they're kind of mistaking, you know, the natural reaction of like being frightened for life. You know. Yeah. That, I, well, I, you know, I had a, I had a run in once with the mountain lion uh, when I was a kid up in uh, out in Arlington, uh, out where I, you know where my parents' old house was. Oh yeah. And, and, um, you know, when we we're face to face, it was, um, you can, I couldn't move, you know, it was oh. very like, like you said, it was like, you felt hypnotized and I couldn't move until the cougar kind of walked off. And yeah. then all of a sudden it was like, oh, my legs are back. Now I can get out of here. Cause it, yeah, you just, it, yeah, it's, it paralyzes you, you know? I, I think you just have so many emotions, like so many thoughts rushing through your brain at the same time. And they're like, oh yeah. my God, is this real? Is this fake? It, like. Is this yeah. really happening? You know, like there's literally a thousand thoughts at the same time and you can't process it. You just, you just fucking freeze. You just, yeah. You it's just like your, it. your entire nervous system is waiting to react. Is this yeah. going to be a flight or fight situation until, exactly. until something happens, you know, the body's like poised to respond, yeah. mm-hmm. which is just, <laughs> so you're just in lockdown. Yeah. Like the body has taken over. Oh, I think, I think so. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's survival instincts, you know. And so, are you and Bobo going to try and get up to this area? Yeah, we, we're supposed to go uh, a year or two ago, and then uh, they had these horrible floods up there in the Yukon. So, 
dude, that town just got destroyed. Um, but, oh, wow. yeah, but we, uh, we won't, we need to go up there, but we, you know, our schedules are kind of crazy and you know, he's doing his thing. I'm doing my thing. And yeah, I don't think they're going anywhere. <laughs> no, 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 they're not. <laughs> and you don't have to worry about your buddy yeah. getting up there and, uh, but, raid those, uh, those graves. Cause, uh, it doesn't sound like he wants anything to do with it. No yeah, part. But, but we, uh, we spoke to Dr. Meldrum and he said to take a, uh, he said to take a hand, a foot and a head. If we, if we can't take like the whole body, can't exhume the whole thing. And then from like the hand, foot and the head, they could determine the entire size. Of, really uh, of the sasquatch that's what that's what he said yeah hmm. that's interesting i guess that makes sense um that makes yeah, i mean i would try to take the whole body but who knows man like it's probably all rotten and gross yeah i wonder if you were able to exhume one of those mounds and you did find something in there i wonder i wonder what would be left you know like yeah I guess if it was just bones, you could try you could try and pack all of it out of there because it'd probably be fairly light at that point. But yeah, well, yeah, we're gonna definitely. Go with, we're gonna go with GoPros, you know, and just document the whole thing. Yeah, would you take a few people? I'm guessing probably just so you have some uh, yeah sure. safety in numbers. Well, we need to bring some firearms. Like I don't, you know, I don't want to kill one, but like, you know, if it comes to like preserving my life and yeah, you got to protect yourself. Life, yeah, yeah, for sure. You know. Somebody's got to tell the story. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And heck, if the if the if the apes aren't getting you, the bears might. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Who knows, man? I mean, yeah, it's pretty. It's crazy times, but yeah, we got to go up there, you know, and put all these put all these naysayers away. Yeah, there it is. But they probably they probably still not believe. Like, oh, you, you just you faked that. Oh, you made that up. Yeah. Yeah, like it'd be like that Yeti finger they found, like Hong Beish or whatever it's called, you know. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, there's always yeah. It's almost the same thing as that. Like, like I guess the monk or whoever that found that whole hand, you know. Yeah. Like, I, I guess he went. He went into a cave to meditate, and then the uh, he saw the Sasquatch or the Yeti sleeping in there, and he was like, "Oh my god!" And, you know, and he didn't want to wake it up and get mauled or whatever, so he just backed out. And then he went back in that cave a year later and he said that same Yeti was like basically in the same position, but he was dead. And so oh. he just like, so he took the hand and then wow. it's like, why didn't you Dang. just take the whole body? That's the only issue I have with that story. It's like, why, why yeah. did you take a hand? You know, I imagine if you guys went up there and you opened up one of those mounds, if you guys came back with a, like a head, like even like if it was just the <laughs> skull and you know, with carbon dating and everything, and they prove that that this thing's only like fifty years old at the latest. There is that would be irrefutable, man. Like I don't think yeah. anyone would be able to. Maybe you'd have some armchair skeptics that would be like, "Well, maybe they did exist, but they're probably not around anymore." <laughs> right, uh, like Anthropithecus style. Right, right. Like this, it was the last one, and it's like, well, then what buried it, buddy? Yeah, <laughs> right. there you yeah. go. Yeah. Especially uh, there's a bunch there. I mean, then we just kind of dig them all up, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Just take what you can get. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. man, that would be shit. That would be crazy. That would yeah. be crazy. That's basically the best lead that I have to like kind of prove. You know, I hear I listen to a lot of those um, podcasts and documentaries, and I gotta say, out of 
everything I've heard, that's probably one of the better. Yeah. I hear a lot of people yeah. talk about burial mounds, but you know, every there's never any kind of like real substantial evidence behind them. It's usually just somebody like, Oh, I was down in like the, the hood river area and I found a big, big mound. I bet you it was a grave of some kind. And you're like, well, okay. But <laughs> I mean, you're, you're, it, you said it was a family member, right? Or well, yeah. I mean, so my uncle, his, one of his real good friends. Okay. Know, told him about it and, and he got scared shit. So my uncle was like, Oh my God. And he called me up cause he knows that, you know, I'm into that crap. So <laughs> <laughs> It's like every time something happens up there, it's like I always have a family member that's like, oh, my God. They like they contact me and they tell me the story. And I'm like, oh, wow. It's that or it's a giant elaborate ploy to lure you back <laughs> to the great state of Alaska. Yeah. yeah. Like, ah, you just spent like 1500 bucks for nothing. Yeah. 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 Um, so you said you spent a lot of summers up here in AK. Yeah, every summer, you know, like, because wow. my, you know, my parents were, my dad was my principal in school and, you know, my right. mom was the school district. So we, uh, yeah, every summer, I mean, she, she always had to go home. I remember my dad telling me, he's like, he's like, yeah, whoever you're with, uh, you know, make sure she lives by you because you're gonna have to go visit her family every year. It's <laughs> so true. You know, it's like yeah. every year just getting drug up to Alaska for like months at a time, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. So um, now I got to ask, because uh, you said your mom is native Alaskan, right? Yeah, Athabascan, yeah. Okay. Did they, now, did her parents or maybe some of her uh, uh, brothers or sisters tell you any uh, any of the old lore surrounding the, the the Bushman or the Bigfoot? Yeah, I mean, we, we always hear stories, you know, like, really? like even growing up, it's, it's almost like firsthand encounters, what we'd hear, like. We would yeah. hear folklore, like how I expressed earlier, how they say that, oh, it's like you get hypnotized, you know, or and things like that. But, um, got my phone definitely. Uh, oh, okay. Well, we can wrap this up if you need yeah, to. Yeah, for sure. We can, uh, we can hit this up at another time if you want. Yeah, sure, bro, bro. Yeah, it's man. one thirty. It's one thirty in the morning, man. If you're if, if your phone's at three percent, I'm gonna can. Um, I'm, I'm, you get no complaints from me. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, yeah, man. Well, uh, thanks for coming on and doing this. Yeah, I know it's super it. late at night. Yeah, we really appreciate it. I could talk for days about this, you know, but it's fascinating stuff. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll keep us posted on uh, what's going on with the mounds because. Uh, you know, if you got you and Bobo are gonna pull the trigger and do that, we'd love to get you guys back on to yes. start to, to talk about it. That would be really cool. I actually wanted to go up there during a flood that they have too, because I think that they'd have to get to like high ground. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I feel like minimize the the ground the area that they have to be mobile on. So I don't know. I have a bunch of theories out there, but yeah. Cool. Yeah. Can't wait yeah. to hear more about it. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Thanks, Amran. I really appreciate this, man. Yeah, dude. Take it easy. Yeah, Yeah, take care. I just feel like this section is going to be heavily, heavily edited. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, our guest is very uh, fired up. So this is an individual that I go... 
way back with and know way too well, way too well, <laughs> uh, Mr. Jason Frank. Welcome to Blue Tiger. What's up, Team Blue Tiger? You know why we're here. The Cubs know why you're here. Let's get serious. Let's get down Let's to do business. this. I want to hear. Uh, I want to hear this. Yeah. So give us the setup, man. What was the what was where were you? What was going on and what happened? Well, I think the most important thing you have to you have to every person that has a fascination in Bigfoot, it starts somewhere at some point in their life. It it probably doesn't start with a, a sighting. Mm-hmm. So yeah. when my family, I'm from Canada originally. I actually have dual citizenship. My family jumped the damn border across fucking Montana. We cruised, we trailblazed our way across, you know, Kalispell. You mean you guys got out of Sunnyville? Yeah, totally. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Totally. We crossed the the Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, in through Spokane, and we found ourselves in Arlington, Washington. Damn it. Beautiful. Beautiful. One of the number one uh, siding counties in Washington State. Really? Snohomish County? Yes, sir. Look it up. BFRO. They'll let you know. So, uh, yeah. So, as a young man, I was seven when I moved to the States. We jumped the border and uh, we rented a house. And I remember I had some friends come over and they started telling me about sassafras. And uh, oddly, we started talking about Sasquatch while we slept outside, not in a tent, on the deck of our house. So open to the elements. Still scary. Still scary. Dude. Sure. If you don't know anything about the the lore of Bigfoot and kids are coming over to your house going, there's a hairy man that stands seven feet tall and he kidnaps children in the night and he smells like <laughs> you know diarrhea and horse manure combined with a little bit of pepperoni you might be a little worried that doesn't sound like bigfoot <laughs> <laughs> that, that's you know what that sounds like it sounds like. like uh old uh big big friend of the podcast <laughs> big red oh god yeah, that pile of, that pile of shit god damn it so, yeah, man, like I, I, I literally laid there uh, with my friends that night and they were telling me about Bigfoot and like the stories they had that were probably passed down from mom and dad. And, mm-hmm. and I honestly did not sleep that night. I was up all night. I was staring at the stars. I'm thinking about like what's up there, what's around me, like what's going on. It freaked me out. And yeah. that's when my like fascination of the old sassafras started to evolve okay so uh tad and i uh one of my favorite memories of tad is that uh his dad actually taught him uh how to get to a place called the spot and uh this was before like google maps so yeah that's why it was called the spot we would go up there and and Tad took me and a, a good friend of ours, Ben Giard, up there for the first time. And well, tell him what it, the spot was. So it's just like this. It's this area 
literally from Arlington, Washington to Darrington, it takes you, what, 30, 40 minutes to get there? If you just drive the highway straight there? Yeah, it's um, it's out by Whitehorse. It's out, yeah. It's, yeah, it's in the... Uh, the Mount Baker National Forest there, um, and what's the name of the the lake? Actually, has a name. We found it's out called later. Shelf Lake now. That's right. So hmm. before this was before like Google Maps was out, and we no one knew the name of it, and we tried no. to find it on a map, and it wasn't there. And then Google Google Maps came out came out, and that's when we noticed that it that like had a name. Right. Okay. And so we called it the spot for years and years. Tad took me up there with our friend, and man, you if you go up there, you you cannot not be just humbled by how amazing it is. It's this beautiful lake. It's very small, but there's trout in there. And then you're back up back behind you is this huge um like ridge. Um, so you have like you know those glaciers that come down. You have a great view of Mount Baker just peeking out through uh, you know the surrounding mountains. It's pretty amazing sounds awesome so what's even cooler like and tad missed this but like it's about a mile hike and that doesn't sound like much but back in the day you could drive to the end of a logging road and had this nice little turnaround and that's all gone the roads have been destroyed from Mm. erosion and just trees falling over them and you have some big big there were some big landslides up there. Um, yeah. Because you used one. to, like, when my dad and I used to go up, you could drive up even further than, like, when where we used to drive up to. No You could joke. drive all the way up to the woods there. Uh, you know, when we hike, you know how we traverse the, the hillside? Yeah. Through that thick bush? You used to be able to drive through all that. There was a road that went up all that. <clears throat> yeah. So, like, we would go up to this turnaround, and it was, uh, you could count on about a half a mile to of ups and downs yeah. through thick brush and th- through thick trees and then yeah. there was like this like i'm a i'm a bitch point and you would stop and like drink water and eat and like refuel right yeah, like, yeah this yeah. is harder than i expected <laughs> <laughs> so well that last that last pole to get up to the lake is pretty vertical it's pretty much hands and feet Dude, you know you're it's you're, so it's like it's like uh, a stair climber that constantly like elevates the entire time. So yeah. you start out and it's kind of still up, 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 and then it's like it's like a freaking nine or ten on the stair climber, and then you start climbing literally boulders okay. that have eroded out of this mountainside. And then the craziest thing is at the like the home stretch. There are there is a part where you literally have to hold on to roots and climb up almost vertically for about I don't know 25 30 feet. Wow. Maybe maybe more. It's probably a little bit further than that, not too much. It seems like a lot. Yeah. Um like if you have a dog, you're going to have to like last time we took the dog up there, we had to like tether her up and then like pull her up using like a climbing rope. Which she was yeah. not happy about. Nikita was not happy. <laughs> Chloe, when when you would take Chloe up there, she was old, man. She barely yeah. could make it, and it was like a two person job just to get dogs up there. Wow, um, it was amazing. And so you get up there, and it's like this ass beating of a climb, and there's this like spot where you can like 
look over the ravine and take like kind of brad ass selfies mm-hmm. and then you turn around you climb the rest of the way up and then you like come up over this little berm by the way the entire time you're fucking hiking there are wild blueberries that you can eat <laughs> Nice. So my fat ass is like, cool. <laughs> that'd be me. That'd be me too. It's so cool though. <laughs> so best, I get, man. We, yeah, we we get up there, we cross this like little berm, and it's like it opens up, and it's like God's country. It's like truly one of the most amazing views you'll ever see. Whether you're facing the lake, or you turn around and you face like the open country, there's a lake that's maybe uh three quarters the size of a football field up there yeah that bleeds off over the the cliff that you just climbed Mm -hmm. and it just spews this amazing waterfall that you can see from the the fat kid refueling point that's just (laughs) i mean it's so cool like i have so many pictures of that site and of that spot that you're just you can't take enough pictures there. No, that's where my dad's at right now. I know. I've seen him oh, up nice. there. I love it. It's yeah. one of my favorite things is I, I literally, I know where he's at, and I, I, I actually always go and say hi. I'm not kidding you, man. That's cool. Yeah. I, I told my wife, I said, if I die, take me there, too. <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll all be up there. Yeah. I need to. I need to check this place out then, apparently. Yeah, man. Yes. Next time I come down. Come okay. down to Washington. We should Dude, do a big exhibit ex, uh, excursion to it right. will, Shelf Lake. It will honestly change the way you look at a lot of things. It's it's one of the greatest places I've ever been at. Okay. Um. So and it and it changed there, the way you looked at Bigfoot, then, huh? Well, it's well. So when I was talking about the uh, the distance to get to Arlington yeah. to Darrington, yeah, to get to this spot alone. Uh, by car, it takes almost two and a half hours. Is that a fair? Yeah, I would drive? say because the road you can't really. It, it's really not that long of a road. I think it's like twenty miles altogether so from windy. the. But it's just windy dirt okay. like logging road, so it just takes forever to get up it because you can't really drive that fast. Yeah, and it's on the backside of that mountain that it's just no one really goes up there unless you know exactly where you're going and no one hikes that area unless they know how to get to that point. So it's yeah, super, super remote. And you're like almost on the top of a mountain okay. that overlooks most of, it, uh, it's far enough where if park. you fuck up and don't know what you're doing and you'd be stupid, it's going to be very difficult to get out in one okay. piece, put it that way. And you're, it's not like someone's going to come and get you either. And I have a story about that too, which is wicked. We got time, yeah. man. Hit it. Do so it. I, this is not a Sasquatch story, but it's a wicked. We're talking thing. We're talking story. about the lake. So let's yeah. um, give us yeah. the, your the spot story. I know what the story is. so I'm going to shut up. Yeah. So you, you get up there and it's just so remote and it's so amazing. And so one of the times Tad and I went up there, um, he, it was me and Tad and 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 Ben Giard and his his old belated dog Chloe. <laughs> yeah. Dude, this dog smelled like horse meat and funky <laughs> corn chips. But damn, it's it. true. She was a good dog. She was so good. 
And I remember we all went up there, and it was one of the first times we ever went up there, and and we were talking the whole time, and Tad was literally waiting on me because I was the fat kid in the in the group. But we get up there, and and the whole time, like Chloe is is acting weird. Yeah. She's not running off into anything. I think it's because she was probably older, but she was like barking into the woods, and we're like, you know, we were young. We were all all in high school at that point, and yeah um we none of us carried guns we're not like gun freaks or gun like toting americans yeah but we get up there and chloe is acting the strange the whole time we're going up there and then we we get to the spot and she's barking out into the wilderness so like we're thinking oh it's a bear or it's a cougar or whatever we don't think much Which is, of it. That's pretty reasonable. I mean, sure. you, yeah. you've seen bear. You find bear tracks all over that place. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's not a big deal. Like, whatever. It is what it is. Now, where we set up camp, it's it's not like we set up camp, like, under trees. The way you set up camp on at the spot is you're on a mountain. So trees don't grow well on big old boulders and mountains. Yeah. There was this... There's literally this giant shear of a rock that literally protrudes down into the lake. And it just, it's like a cliff or a dock that kind of like shears off into this lake. And it's the best spot to put tents because not only are you like, do you have the best view in the morning? But that's where all the, we've always set up like our fire pits. Yeah. Um, and it's just gorgeous like you don't need to be under trees or anywhere else you can just lay there and it's perfect so everywhere around us is this giant rock face and uh so close i set up my tent that night ben and tad set up their tents and um you know the night went on and we were having our our time and in the middle of the night, like this was the last night we were there in the middle of the night, this rainstorm came through and it, it was no slouch. Like it was a decent rainstorm and it, it would wake me up and, and you know, I wasn't sleeping great, but in the middle of the night, I woke up again to the, the rain. And then I heard, um, the sound of fingernails scratching across my tent. Hmm. And so the sound of the rain probably muffled an old dog's ears. Yeah. But there is no mistaking what I heard. Like, I know what that sound is. I've, I've tried it myself. I, I literally like have done it multiple times and, and it wouldn't, it wasn't like by my head. Like if I'm laying in a tent, I wasn't laying there going, Oh, this is by my head. It was literally at the top of the tent. And it would go for about two or three feet, and it would scratch, and it would feel the texture of the tent. Ooh. And I laid there, like, kind of losing my mind. <clears throat> and I thought, okay, what is this? This either is a bear or something other than a bear, right? Now, a bear would, wouldn't have the dexterity to feel the texture of that of that tent okay right or or the, even be that interest if it was doing it, it'd be doing it with its nose you know 
Yeah. Right. Looking for food. I would think so. Yeah. And so like you would feel, I could feel it. And I mean, we're literally in the, on top of a mountain and it, there's clouds above us with rain coming down and, and you it's can nighttime. hear the difference. <laughs> yeah. It's nighttime. You can hear the difference between rain and the difference between scratching yeah. on a, on that surface. It was the top of this, my tent and it scratched for two to three feet down the tent just to feel it. Now you can't hear footsteps. You can't hear movement around us because we're literally on a rock. Yeah. So your footprints are muffled. This every sound for the most part is muffled. There's no trees around us uh-huh. with the, the tree branches that could scratch across it. And it was it was wicked, man. I laid there for three hours just awake. Mm-hmm. And the this happened for the scratching probably happened for about three minutes. Oh, and well, then wow. I was like, oh, fuck. Like, I was kind of paralyzed. I laid there for another three hours. And then sun came up and it was still raining. And Tad and Ben woke up and they were like, man, this sucks. Let's get out of here. So we literally threw everything in our packs. That sounds about right. <laughs> yep. We, ran, we tried to get down the mountain as fast as we could. We were absolutely soaked by the time we got to the bottom of the mountain. I remember that. And <laughs> then, yep. And then we got in your, your vehicle. We drove to the gas station. I think we bought hot chocolates. Probably. That's really yeah. cute. Yeah. yeah, we were cuties we're cute back guys. then. We're super yep. cute guys. It's three, just three guys in the woods. Guys, yeah. just drinking hot car, chocolate. Na, 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 na. <laughs> and, uh, and that was it, man. I didn't tell Tad and I didn't tell Ben for years. Yeah, you didn't say anything to us. No, I think about no, it. It wasn't just... until you started telling me more about your experiences in the same area. Yeah, that I was like, dude, I'm not gonna lie. I actually had something very similar to that. Wow. And uh, well, you always want are hesitant to tell people because, like, we have a friend who we've both kind of you start telling your your experience to, and he immediately gets that look on his face, <laughs> and then it's it's at some point you're waiting for him to be like, oh fuck off, because he thinks you're full of shit. That sounds like the <laughs> queen of beards. She's <laughs> uh, a non-believer. Hey, put her out in the woods for a a hot minute. Let's go see how she does. Yeah. (laughs) So here's another real, real awesome story about the same exact spot because it's literally. I got a question real quick though. Yes, sir. When did were there any? Could you see any impressions on the tent? Could you, or was it too hard to tell with the rain coming down? I couldn't tell anything about. uh, Yeah, I could just hear it. Because, you know, the, uh, rain on the tent, it's a uh, constant. It's like rain on a tin roof, right? Yeah. Right. But when when you start to hear hail on a tin roof, that changes the whole sound. Right. It's kind of the same thing. Like, it went from rain, dribble, dribble, dop, dop, dribble, dribble, dop, dop, to a scratching constant sound. Like a hand go- pressing over it, like feeling that, like, uh, feeling. That, mm. what's that, t- what's the material that tents are made out of? Especially like the rain jackets, you know, they... Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I'm blanking on it, but anyways. 
Gore, yeah, you know, because that's kind of like that Gore-Tex finish, the little yeah. the rain jacket that you have over top of your tent. So yeah. it must the hand must have been just feeling it, and it always has like a weird texture to it too. Yeah, yeah. I, I could like almost picture what the, it would sound like a hand dragging across <laughs> it. Huh. That's really interesting. And you know the you could hear you could hear like the fingernail feeling, right? Like yeah, there was more of a fingernail ask to it to because it you could feel it kind of like almost like if you ran your fingers across a tarp right like tarps have that like mesh feeling and it was the yeah. same exact kind of sound I, w- I would envision but you know what i'm remembering about that night before the rain started do you remember chloe took off at one point she, she disappeared yeah she just like there was something she was looking at and barking at and then she kind of went out after it, not like running, but she like went out there towards it. Yep. And then we couldn't find her for a bit. And then she came back. And I, for some reason, I remember we were like, that, that was when we were like, God, she's acting really fucking weird. And then she was like laying outside a camp, but like yep. on the other edge of the rock, not yep. like the noise was on one side, like to the east. And she was laying on the west side, like, let's get the fuck out of here. It was really 100%. weird. It was all on the east side, man. It was so weird. Yeah. And yeah. so huh. so when I got out of the military, I I was like I'm going to do something for myself, right? And so this was when like Bigfoot searching was like huge. Big, yeah. And so I was just married to my wife like within like 3 months and I was like I'm coming home, but the first thing I'm going to do <laughs> is go on a Sasquatch hunt. To the spot. <laughs> to the spot. Because I know there's something up there. So me and a couple buddies went up there. It was me and Sweezy and Burkapile. What a bunch of horse queefs. They're worthless. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> but so Berkey was our skeptic and Sweezy was like my like brains. And so we got Sweezy is a hardcore believer. Okay. Hardcore believer in everything. But yeah, Burka Pile is like the no. You guys guys are idiots. Yeah. So we went up there, but check this out. So we got to the fat kid, uh, or excuse me, the turnaround, not the fat kid like break point. Yeah. Well, that would probably be my break. I would have multiple fat kid break points going up that way. Oh, trust me. It, it's brutal. It's a brutal hike. Like, you got to be ready to rock and roll on this. Yeah. So, I get up to this damn, like, turnaround point where we would normally park our cars. And what was crazy is when we got to, we had to hike to this point. It was a mile hike just to that point where we stopped. Mm-hmm. So, we stopped our vehicles. We hiked into that point. We got there, and there was this rock. It was a fairly good sized rock. Like, maybe the size of a like a large cantaloupe and it was literally sitting in the middle of that turnaround and it had this flat sheer surface on it and on that surface were fucking tapeworms 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 i'm not kidding you oh weird it was like something had shit and picked through its shit and then put these worms on its on this fucking rock. And the shit was next to this rock. I'm not kidding you. Weird. Like, that is really weird. It was weird as fuck. And then what was really crazy is like, so we went up there to do this Sasquatch hunt 
out of the blue, we ran across this, and Sweezy and I are like, uh, this is actually not normal for, like, nature. So we we started looking around the area. So that's when we noticed that there was shit next to the rock where the tapeworms were. And then, like, literally within 10 meters of the rock was a a freshly bedded down tall grass. Like something had been laying in the grass. Huh. Got up because it had diarrhea, dropped some tapeworms, and then went back to bed in the grass. Yeah, they're like, oh, fuck. They picked through their shit for fun and like, oh, that's cool. And then they went and laid down. But like, I was like, okay, so what does that? What lays down and like bed? So like a deer will do it. Yeah, an elk. An elk will do it. The Snohomish County doesn't have a ton of elk. Like, no, they probably they have a small population, but not a lot. Not like down like like down in like Clark County or any of those places. But this was a large area, like like it was rolling around almost, mm-hmm. and it was right off the side where you turn around. It was wicked, man. I'm not gonna lie, it was really wicked. We. <laughs> So Sweezy and I literally picked this tapeworm up, put it in a Ziploc bag. I kept it in my freezer for like probably six months. (laughs) It's DNA evidence, huh? Don't touch it. I found shit with bugs in it. But it was weird, man. Like, think about that. Like, what animal would even do that? Have you yeah, did, have the, you like do a Google search or anything to try and figure out like if any animal does that? Maybe humans. Yeah. <laughs> what the shit look like? It looked like it was, bear it shit. Like, it almost looked like bear shit, but really, yeah, like it was kind of like berry esque, and it had a there. It was blueberry season too, and so like it had a lot of seeds left in it, but yeah, it wasn't coyote shit. It definitely wasn't any bear sh- or deer shit but or shall we shall we say scat scat yeah sure skittle scat 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 so we're here to talk about sasquatch right yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. let's let's bring this full circle back to the uh the wood ape Uh, like i said this uh, this this segment will be heavily edited yeah (laughs) Uh, so what do you think it is what do you you think think it is? is Yeah, do you think, like, you know, some people think it's like an alien, other people think it's some type of, like, I don't know, dimensional being. We're under the impression that it's, um, like you know, North, I, I think. North if, American if, ape. Yeah, and I think if you want to have something that's really, really, like, fantastical, like another a dimensional being or something, I think you have to first prove that something like other dimensions exactly exist and that things come and go out of there just elements not Mm -hmm. so much other creatures like let's let's keep it in the realm of practicality at least that's how we look at it yeah um so where are you though where do you sit no you know no judgment because yeah bullshit no (laughs) not at all not at all (laughs) no judgment no judgment here's how i kind of look at it i look at it um as a like how can you not look back at native americans like culture yeah mm-hmm. and and say these these people who were in in the americas before we were 
that had sightings and visions and whatever of this great American ape. Yeah. Like the Junaqua and stuff like that. that. Yeah. You know, they, the, if, if, if it was just this like made up weird creature that like ran around, like it would probably be dead a long time ago as far as like it's folklore. I kind yeah. of view Sasquatch as more of a spiritual being, to be honest. Like, okay, really? Like the way people like, I'm not a religious person at all, but people will, people believe in angels, right? And so sure. I kind of view Sasquatch as kind of, <clears throat> kind of a spiritual being that mm-hmm. maybe protects Earth in a sense. I'm not gonna lie. I, okay. I, I truly think that that's kind of a if that's the way he is, I can see him as a, a great ape that in, in a more realistic approach, I think of him as a, an actual like a gigantopithecus that is okay. still roaming the earth. Sure. But came I over like the I, land bridge. Yeah. They 30, came over 50, the land bridge, ago. but I think of it as like his folklore uh, is a lot like, you know, the way Christianity would view angels and like someone that kind of oversees everything. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's just my, like my, uh, take on it, not take, but more of like a fantasy approach to it. Like, I think that's a kind of a, a beautiful way to kind of look at Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was listening to I can't remember who it was. It was um, some kind of like anthropologist. Uh, uh, it was interview, I, or maybe I might have been Bendernagel, um, who passed away I think last year. Anyways, they were saying that like uh, when you look at a lot of the like British Columbia totems, uh, they were saying that you know they have a clear distinction between animals that exist. So like your the bear and the wolf and the fox, beaver. And then the 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 animals and creatures beaver. that beaver. Oh my god! <laughs> wow. Uh, and then like the creatures that are, are you know like myth, I guess mythological or, um, you know are are more fantastical, yeah. and, or, or spirits. And they say that the Sasquatch is always categorized in there with the animals that they you know see deal with every day, the wildlife. So you know I think that right there is a bit of evidence uh, that should be, you know, taken for consideration. Sure. So when, when I was a kid, like we would go to like museums in elementary school and they, I remember going to a, uh, like a native American museum and they had totem poles. And one of the things was like a Sasquatch It's the only thing I remember. And I was like, well, why is that there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's you know, next to the bear and the eagle and all that. Grade. Yeah, and I'm like, why is that there? Like, why is something like that even there? Yeah. Uh, and that's that's what's so cool about Sassafras. So why do you – why – now, the, our last few guests, we've kind of got into it. Um, you know, we, we always go like, why do you think it, it hasn't been, I guess, verified? Dis- or discovered, Discover- quote discovered. unquote. Yeah. And um, it – what was interesting, it just kind of naturally happened, but everybody kind of leaned towards um, kind of like state or federal um, kind of involvement in maybe yeah. keeping it hush-hush, uh, whether it was economic uh, <laughs> reasons or 
I don't know. I guess what were some of the other ones? Uh, that was the uh, big okay. one. Okay, well, let's look at our, the way any animal decomposes, you dummies. Okay. So how does an animal decompose, especially an animal that's like has a population of two, three yeah. in an we'll entire state? We'll maybe. just say a well, large we apex know. predator. Yeah. yeah. A lar- we'll just call right. it a large apex predator, a bear or a mountain lion. Right. So how often do you find bear remains when they die? Never. Never. Don't. That's the whole thing is you don't they, – they don't – you can't find animal remains. The, the only animal remains that you, like, find on the regular are animals that, like, die often and have large populations like deer yeah and they're low pretty low or, intelligence or like hunting season right. you know you'll see like a carcass or something that a, that a hunter killed and left behind after right. they sure. pack the meat out yeah sure but you won't find a cougar's body mm-hmm. you won't find a bear's body because the decompose or decom or decomposing oh, thank decompose. you Thanks, Dan. I mean, like the Northwest is, you know, the well, it's the, very acidic the climate earth too, right? Like the climate sure. has a lot to do with it. The, you know, how fast those animals will decompose in that time frame has a huge part of why we don't find fucking animals that are rare and elusive left over. Hmm. You, you know, you know, what I just it. learned about Washington State. There's very little. Um, it. Uh, especially the western side there's like no fossils that come out of that because of the region is so um the soil is so acidic and has been for millions of years that anything that uh that that tries to fossilize literally just dissolves it just breaks down yeah they found they found like a few things out in eastern washington but you know it's completely different over there i mean it's uh you know it's night and day western washington versus uh Eastern Washington in terms of soil and climate. Well, that's why, like, never mind. I was going to make a joke. (laughs) 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 It's better. It's better off. Not said. Let's just, okay. 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 That's, that's for, uh, that's for you guys. I respect you. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. I guess. Yeah. (laughs) So, so Bry, you, I, I haven't oh, heard anything from Bry. So I want to know a little bit about Bry's. Uh, you're not a big Bigfoot believer. I know I I am a Bigfoot believer, but I never I've never had any sort of like encounter or anything like that. Like these these past couple interviews that we've done has is really been like me soaking up a bunch of different information because this is all kind of new to me. So where did you grow up? Uh, in Washington here. In uh, southwest okay, Washington, big area. Yeah, uh, Castle Rock, Kelso. So, inner city or like like suburbs? What? No, we uh, we had property. We uh, we had about. I grew up on like five wooded acres. Okay. Yeah, we went out in the woods a lot, but I never any any sort of encounter or or or, or weird thing or anything like that. We never really never really happened to me well li- even living in washington state alone like you can't not be influenced by that uh sure. beam like yeah. sasquatch is everywhere i've always believed in sasquatch yeah sasquatches dildos sasquatches <laughs> fun facts 
right? Like, right. Yeah. It's everywhere. It's literally everywhere. It is. So, Especially like, nowadays, it seems like the, anywhere, anytime I go back to Washington, it seems like I see a gift shop that's just filled with Bigfoot crap. I'm like, oh, oh yeah. Wow, okay. That's. I have some ha- of that in my freezer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> with worms in it. Yeah. So weird. Yeah, it was more Bigfoot. of a tapeworm. Bigfoot, Bigfoot tapeworms. You got to send that to, over to Jeff Meldrum for DNA testing. Bless his heart. I actually. So. I actually uh, did a ton of my undergraduate studies focusing on Bigfoot. No way. What? 100%. A lot of the... So I, what was crazy is like I got my associate's degree out of, uh, out of Maryland. And I, uh, I went to a community college out there that was a, actually a badass community college. And... Um, one of my English teachers, her whole approach was like, let's talk about like the paranormal. Okay. Really? I like her already. And, That's cool. Dude, it was a badass class. It was like an English like 201 or something stupid. Yeah. And she was like, we're going to, you can focus on like, we, when she wanted to like take a break on a Friday, we would watch um, X Files. Nice. Wow. It was awesome, man. Like she cool. picked specific X-Files accounts. But we she everything we wrote about the entire course had to do with like extraterrestrials or or Bigfoot or aliens or whatever. And I was like, this is a dream class for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was fun, man. But uh yeah, I focused a ton on Bigfoot and like Jeff Meldrum is a is an exception to the Bigfoot rule because he takes a scientific approach to why Bigfoot exists, not just like, ah, he, someone's found hair and he he's thrown rocks in my my summer cottage for a while. Yeah, he does. He seems like he doesn't fall for the bullshit, and he Who also is isn't. Jeff Meldrum. He's an anthropo. I think he's a. Evolutionary anthropologist who follow he's um his emphasis is um bipedal mo- locomotion and the development of feet so okay. his whole study uh, is you know basically like why we walk as humans mm-hmm. but his, he, yeah but his um his side project is uh, his bigfoot footprints so he's okay. been famous because he's been able to really kind of go like. Okay, this this is a natural footprint. This isn't. Um, I think he was real big in like the whole dermal ridges thing, which yes. for me was. I, I don't know. You can't fake that, man. Well, so like even like going back to the Marine Corps, Bry. So like, yeah. I uh, I worked with a bunch of like stalkers and a bunch of um, like snipers, right? So like, they have to be able to stalk, you know, X, Y, and Z and follow yeah. footprints. And- I took a, a course with them where you follow the footprint imprint on sand, dirt, rock, whatever, like oh, different cool. yeah. areas. And so they would lay out these different areas of sand, dirt, rock, whatever, and they would jog, walk, sprint across all of them. And they would show what the imprints look like in, in every situation. Hmm. And that's kind of how Jeff Meldrum looks at these footprints. He goes, well, there's a, there's definitely a forefoot, a, a, a heel, a arched foot, or zero yeah. arch. 
and he looks at the the gate of of whatever is put that footprint down and it's a it's a much more scientific approach to finding bigfoot just finding (laughs) bigfoot like yeah you know, I I've heard a couple of wood knocking, and, and I so I've got to be honest. I hate that shit, that wood knocking stuff, because I'm like, stop. It it could be just somebody messing with you, right? You know what I mean, like, or set up for production. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. And it seems like it's kind of a newer phenomenon. You know what I mean? You don't. I didn't. You never heard about it until like ten years ago when that TV show started up. Then all of a sudden, it was like all over the place. Yeah, and sure. uh, I don't know. I, I've read a lot. I like reading a lot of like John Green stories, a lot of his, the, his old uh, encounter stories from like the '60s and '50s. And you don't hear there's they don't have any of that kind of bullshit. It's always just some guy in Washington had something cut through his field or something, you know, right? Or something was messed with his livestock and he shot at it. So I wish I wish you guys would have the ability to talk to other people in like Florida and say, do you have any like experience with the skunk ape? That dirty bastard ran across my fucking, <laughs> you know, my swamp lands, and I fucking shot at him with my twelve gauge. And his do you know anyone in Florida? And I found it, yeah. and it was my grandpa's. <laughs> do you know anyone in Florida? Do I know anyone? I'll in talk Florida? to anybody no. about it. Yeah, let's do it. But wouldn't that be like you know my experience with uh, the old sassafras and the old Bigfoot boils down to the Northwest? But yeah, man, there's. So many people that have stories across the country, and I just think they're all bullshit, except for where I live. To be honest, <laughs> yeah. You know what's funny like, is um, Meldrum did this study where they he uh, cataloged sightings, and he said uh, he noticed that there was a huge trend that after the Patterson Gimlin film came out, you know that famous big you know yeah, pat- yeah, walking. He said that like after ten years, like the next ten years, that all of a sudden all these sightings that were coming out of the Northwest. It wasn't just the Northwest. It started popping up in Texas. Started popping up in Oklahoma. Then they started oh, popping weird. up in New York. Yeah, it was one of those like, oh wow. While this film goes around, now all of a sudden people are seeing it. Like there was no other like reportings before that. Yeah. Um, who knows? I mean, who knows? I'm sure. What about the other. Great White Wonder, the old Yeti, though? Well, I think that's a whole nother. That's Jeez. a whole nother. A whole nother thing, man. Yeah, uh, I think so. But he's a relative. I mean, come on. They're cousins. Sure. Distant. Yeah. Distant. Yeah. I saw, I saw Missing Link, the movie. I bet you did. <laughs> I did. It was okay. Well, when I heard your uh, podcast about it, you're like, you know, that damn movie deserves a lot more. It does. It did. It does deserve a lot more. It was really well done. Um, it was well acted, and it just, man, that. Acted? Yeah. Voice acting. Come on now. <laughs> you could take this entire episode of this and turn it into a badass Pixar movie. That's true. Someone uh, should Pixar. do that. Tiger Cubs, if you're an animator, turn yeah. this episode into uh, a movie. Use your imagination as to yeah. what Mr. Uh, Frank looks like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll give you a hint. I have square nipples. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Wow. What has happened to our Bigfoot special man? I don't know. <laughs> but I, don't I, know. I mean <clears throat> let's get back on track. Come on. Okay. Man. 
Do you got any uh, any other any other Bigfoot sightings? Anything like that, or is that sightings? I really haven't had any sightings or encounters. Like, I guess. Uh, not any encounters, to be honest with you guys. Yeah. Um, it's just that literally shaped that experience I had at the spot shaped a lot of how I look mm-hmm. um, at at Bigfoot. Yeah, and I've—I mean, I hear stories from friends and family that, like, whether they grew up on re- reservations or they, you know, have a remote farm, like seeing and experiencing something that they can't understand. And mm-hmm. you know, I think we all have that. Like, there is times where you see something or you experience something where you're like, "What the hell just happened?" Yeah. Right. Yeah. And. We, we, as humans, I think we feel like we need to like be able to say, well, this is this or this is that, especially on earth. Like this isn't freaking Moses coming back down and parting the seas. This is damn something that we're seeing right in front of our eyes. And we're Mm -hmm. going, well, what is that? What's going on? Um, Yeah. Yeah. We operate in a world of, of. Of tangibilities, you know, like right. yeah. physical things you can touch and see and feel. Right. And the internet's helped us with that. The, uh, you know, the constant communication with everyone. And so it just makes me kind of say, you know, I feel like I truly believe the big old uh, Sam Squanch is out there. Yeah. But, well, you know, me, it, I was just to say, let me, what do you, what do you, what do you say to, like a skeptic or somebody who hears your story, doesn't believe it or, um, you know, what, what would you say to that? I had a boss that was that way. I was like, you're a dildo first off, (laughs) (laughs) but I was like, but you know, if you really think about it, like it really boils down to regions. So like where that boss lived, he, he really, had never had any experience with that. He's never been out in the woods. He's never like heard the stories about it. Yeah. He's, like, so it seemed completely impractical to him because he couldn't even imagine right. what it'd be like being like, completely isolated in the wilderness. Right. Sure. He had the mentality of like human beings have inhabited this entire earth and we should know everything that we know. And then I was like, I send him fucking messages all the time. I go, hey, guess what? We just found a fucking million uh, penguins that have never been discovered in Antarctica. Right. Guess what? Sasquatch is still out there. And he and he's just like, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. You know what? When I was when I was out in New Jersey, um, all the all the when I I would because it was fresh off my I guess Aaron and I's encounter and. Uh, I would New uh, Jersey I, encounter. No, no, we just moved to New Jersey, and so I was at the art you're school. And the every, uh, I had we had ours down in uh, Willowa Mountains. Oh. I guess the blue. I guess it's the blues technically. Okay, that's what over I by Willowa Lake. Anyways, yeah, yeah. but I like we, w- I would tell like these students about it, uh, and they were all from like Maryland, like inner city. They were all from like, like some students were from Philadelphia, a bunch of them were from like Long Island. So Mm -hmm. like everything, even like what they thought was wilderness, we would look at and be like, Oh, you mean that park? Like it, cause they couldn't (laughs) imagine everything's so small on the East coast. Like even their, 
their wilderness is kind of laughable because there's always anywhere you go there's always signs of people just because it's just been so overcrowded for so long so i remember like a friend of mine she used to give me so much shit um because she was from new york city you know so she's like what are you talking about no like people have been everywhere because she couldn't comprehend anything outside of like she couldn't comprehend big country she'd never been to a uh, the West Coast. She'd never been to Texas. She's never been to Alaska. She'd never been parts to, you know, never been to like Yellowstone even. So she was like, I don't, it, it wasn't comprehensible. She, to her, that all, we show pictures, she just thought it was like a park, you know? Yeah. Well, I ask people that are like skeptical of like large mammals being found. I go, when did we like discover the great apes? Right. Wasn't that like in the 60s or 70s? No, they knew about it, but the gorilla wasn't officially cataloged until I think uh, the early 1900s, like 1905. And, um, and, but then until like the 60s, if you read all the literature about gorillas, they were like these giant bloodthirsty animals that if they saw you, they'd attack you on sight and rape your wife and do all this crazy stuff. Um, And it turns out that's they're vegetarians. They have complex social structures. Gorillas were discovered on October 17th of 1902. There you go. 19. I was off by three years, but yes. So like, uh, like that, that alone, like 1902, if you think about that, like we discovered the great apes, the biggest ape on the planet that we know of. We discovered there's subspecies species of them. Right. And then and then we found like the river dolphins. Right. You know, you know what a fun recently. you know what a fun fact is about gorillas and chimpanzees? Hmm. No fossil They're, records. No fossil if if no one had seen a an ape, we weren't like they weren't didn't exist, we wouldn't even know that they exist. We would think of ourselves as the only great apes. On existence because there's no fossil records of gorillas or chimpanzees at Prove all. It. Interesting. Prove it. It's be, you know what it is. It's because the soil is has the similar um, similar value as like the soil in the northwest. Yeah, high acidity, lot uh, high content of or high density of microbes and organisms to break down any type of uh, organic right. material. Yeah. Wow. And that, and, and, I don't know. I, I think really, about that all. Yeah, no, that's really cool. interesting. I I never knew that. Yeah. So huh. There you go. There you go, trail boss in your face. I wasn't lying, you piece of shit. <laughs> Dirty turd nugget. <laughs> oh man. Go. Yeah, man. Those where's is your, good. Where's your Bigfoot? I got you. Oh, I'll go grab him. He's right behind. Me. Yeah, get, grab that some bitch. I mean. You mean made me? Look at that guy. Oh, that's oh, cool. That, yeah. Isn't that cool? That's very cool. Oh, old Sam Scranch. <laughs> For the Dude, folks at home, butt cheeks. The, the folks at home are really enjoying this part of the episode. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I uh, found this piece of wood. I'll tell people about I found this piece of wood. I was like, you know what? I'm going to whittle the living fuck out of this. <laughs> So I started whittling it, and I was like, man, the way this is, like, shaping out, this could be, like, a really cool, like, little figure. Yeah. And I was, like, kept going with it. Like, the the shape of it, the colors of the wood started working out. And so this Bigfoot creature that I carved the old tatty galushi is so sloppy. It has this big old gut, and the gut is white as fuck. <laughs> and then 
the legs and the side piece they're like a like a little darker brown that kind of covers everything out and then his face is white as his belly and then what's crazy is like there was this crack on the on the backside of the old Sam's Ranch and I was like I'm gonna turn this into his ass cheeks <laughs> and his ass cheeks are white as his face and gut and it's just so cool it is very cool but tried to put some muscle definition up in them guts and around his tits and he's got some guns on him yeah Yeah. he does that's like a (laughs) cyborg gun shooting out of his arm there like maybe (laughs) or like a like a crab claw just because he's inbred yeah he's inbred or he's a cyborg sasquatch yeah i'll go with cyborg sasquatch look at somebody got there though good (laughs) lord he looks pregnant man yeah yeah He's the best. Cyborg Sasquatch. Somebody make that movie, please. I'll make Shit. it. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, Brian. Get on that. Uh, hey, you know there was a there's a couple Bigfoot sightings in the old WSU area. Really? Really? Yes, there were. Mm. Look it up. Look up the what? What's the county out there? Wise? No, it's um. I don't remember. Palapinto? No. No, that's it. Anyway, I know there's a couple of sites. There was Cowlitz County, is it? No, that's down. that's Kelso. Cowlitz oh, County is okay. Longview, Kelso. Yeah, Kelso Rock. I, I My hood. Know. That's right. Yeah, there, there we had moose that come into WSU, uh, the main, the city limits, a few times. Huh. Yeah, and they're the not winter. supposed to be down there. No, but oh, Moscow Mountain, they have them over there. Uh, Aaron, uh, the wife and I ran into a moose while hiking out there. Like literally, ran right in front of us on the trail. Almost. Did you punch it in the face and say, get out of here, you dumb old moose? Well, of course. The moose yep. is loose. That's right. <laughs> on the Palouse. Moose is loose on the Palouse. All right. Well, uh, thanks, everybody. This is um, Thank you to Mr. Frank for <laughs> joining us. Yeah, thanks. Pod. I think. I think. <laughs> Your story was good, and then yeah, it was a good story. Story, it got crazy. Yeah, well, but that's what we do here. Yeah, I, li- I live life on the edge. It's not worth just running and gunning down the same path. That's right. There you so, go. So, uh, you you angels have a good one. I appreciate it. It was a, it was a pleasure and uh, an honor to be on the Blue Tiger Podcast. All right, Thanks, man. man. Yeah. All right. Oh my god! Yeah, that was, that was those awful. were those were those were intense. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty intense. You know, it, it kept making me kind of have some flashbacks. I mean, really? I know I've I've talked about it a little bit on yeah uh, some of the past episodes, but you know, I had my uh, my little run in with 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 some mystery with some some cryptid action in the uh, down in okay. the the Willowas. Well, I, and, think that, uh, I think that, you know, since this is the Bigfoot special, I think a quick recap of that would be would be good. Let's hear it. Okay. I think it was 2005, 2006. It was uh, Memorial Day weekend. I remember that. And we were up in the Willow, uh, right up, we were a few, about three miles, two miles outside, up, up the mountain okay. from Willowa Lake in the back of the resort there. Um, and it was before the before the trails had opened up. 
So like there was still a lot of snow. No one had gone up there and actually cleared the trail. Like you weren't supposed to be up there. Yeah. And um, yeah. And then that night we set up camp because we got a really late start. And uh, we had something that, you know, for a long time I was always saying that it was, I used to say it was Bigfoot. Yeah. Or Sasquatch. And then um, I was like, well, I can't. I, I can't necessarily say that for sure, mm-hmm. but I just know that if I was, if there was a culprit or if there was an animal I was going to identify, that would be the closest thing I could think of it being. And, uh, I, you know, I kept thinking like, well, cause I've had so many people tell me it was a bear, mm-hmm. you know, that came into our camp. Cause it just came to our camp and it's like one of those where, I mean, it's maybe 15 feet away, 20 feet away, not even yeah. that, which really isn't that far. That's real close. If you've ever yeah. been that close to a wild animal, that's really close. And it just stood there for a really long time. And that's what makes me kind of go like, nothing really happened. It just stood right. there. It's like, so I got a good look at it, you know, a really good look at it. Um, but, you know, at the same time, I can't, it's not like I shot it and was able right. to go check it out. So, right. I mean, um, yeah. I mean, I, I can I can definitely say it wasn't a bear, and I can definitely say it wasn't a moose. Those would be the only two animals that I could think even could come close to the size of this thing. And um, you know, and, and now, were you wife, guys drink? Were you guys drinking at all or anything like that? No, no, no yeah. drinking, no drugs, none of that. I mean, we don't do any of that stuff really. Yeah. Um, definitely, definitely, we we're no no drugs. But yeah, we were real kind of health nuts back then. So like we hardly drank. Um, especially up there, you know, like back then the missus didn't drink at all. Okay. So, um, and we had the dogs, you know, like the Hmm. dogs reacted. That was the thing that like really kind of woke us up and got us, got us going. I mean, yeah, you know, Mrs. Galusha didn't really do, she went back to bed cause she was like, that was the one thing for me. Like when I woke up next morning, I kept going like, maybe I dreamt it, right? Maybe I dreamt it. And then I asked her and she was like, no, it can't, something came into camp. And I, oh wow! Okay. And you and you woke me up, and I just was too tired to give a shit. If it was, <laughs> <laughs> like if it was a Bigfoot and it's gonna kill us, there's nothing we can do about it. Just go to bed and leave. You know, like she really kind of had the like she reacted like if any wild animal came into the camp, just leave it alone, it'll go away. Right. And uh, which it's pretty much what it did. You know. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. You know, it's one of those like. It's going to haunt you for the rest of your days. Oh, I always think yeah. about it. And I yeah. always go, you know, it'd be kind of cool to to go back there um, at in. that time of year before the trail opens and actually set up in the same place, same location at early in the season when you know no one's up there Yeah, and see if you can. I mean, it, it's kind of preposterous to, to think that, okay, if we go up there the same time, uh, you'll be able to mimic the same thing. But. You, you never, never know. know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, you could animals. be, you could be, it, it could be like, you know, one of their hunting grounds. It could be like a, a mating trail or something, you know, you don't know. You know, yeah. I mean, like, I'm sure during the winter, those animals navigate those, uh, those hiking trails because yeah. they're just easier to get right. around, get through, right. you know, it's already a cleared path. Dude, let's do it. Let's do it and, and, Next. and record it. Memorial Day weekend, we just hike up all of our gear. Yeah, dude, it is such an elevation gain to get up to that that uh, dam. Like I'm having sweats just thinking about it right now. <laughs> Ugh. 
but yeah, no, it's one of those things I always was thinking like, oh man, I, I, I want to do it. I want to get back up there just at some point just to see, just to see if maybe like, was I, was I, were we just losing our minds where, right. you know, like, was there some type of gas leak up there on the mountain that was, <laughs> you know, where it affected myself, yeah. the, the wife, the dogs. I mean, I mean, and I will say we did have a mountain lion come right into our camp, you know, like a few mm-hmm. hours earlier to that. And the dog like chased it out of the, out of the camp, you know, it came up right up, right up on my ass and then did the scream, you know, screamed at me, which was mm-hmm. pretty scary. I bet. So, you know, you're in a pretty wild place because most of the places like that, and it co- kind of tells you like how natural the blind is because a mountain lion, if it's just coming down for water, it's not going to come and do that. Right. Like it came around the corner and it was like probably staring right at my ass as I was tending the fire. Oh my and God. And it was like. Yeah, and was like, oh, ah, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> and then my dog, you know, started barking, and the bo- dogs kind of chased it off. Um, well, that's good. Yeah, but yeah. Talk- I mean, that's probably scarier than the, the goddamn fucking wood ape walking into into camp and just standing there staring at us. It's like, like, oh, hey, what's this? I'm all right, I'm yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, like, oh, oh, god. And you'd think, you know, you'd think something that big would be a little bit more aggressive. <laughs> like, right. get, the, get the hell out of here. But no, it just. Maybe, you know, could be awesome. a, maybe it's an herbivore. It just chills. You know, we don't know. Yeah. That, how awesome would that be if it turns out like Bigfoot's just like some big berry eating dumb fuck. Just. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's all just luck and circumstance that it hasn't gotten, gotten shot or caught. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That would be uh that would be hilarious. And the government's just covering it up because they know people freak out if they know it's there. They, yeah, they'd freak out, and then uh, there'd be no more logging up there either. Right. You know, it's funny is I that kind of became the theme of this episode. Of this episode is it everyone. It seemed like everybody kind of was like there was some serious government mistrust. Yeah. <laughs> in the I mean, northwest. I wonder, I wonder why. Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it was it was kind of interesting, um, and it was interesting that all of our guests were all kind of had the the mindset that um, they really all everyone kind of had that animal perspective mm-hmm. because I think everybody kind of t- not to knock anyone who's into the real um, we'll just say the the real weird high strangeness. Um, they, they, everybody seemed to kind of take a fairly logical approach. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I experienced something I couldn't really explain it but if i had to explain it this well, is what then, it would be yeah this is what it, this is this would be the most logical answer for what i experienced um which you know i, I don't, i'm sure some people would argue with that i'm sure there's sure. some cheeto cheetos fingered assholes oh they're screaming. out there yeah oh yeah big time good good oh yeah <laughs> yeah so what's your overall conclusion what do you think um, well, I, I main, I, you know, maintain a believer status, believer status, a believer status. Yeah. Um, 100% think, uh, think that there's a North American ape out there somewhere. Um, why we haven't found them. I, I don't know why, or if we have, and you know, it's being covered up. I, you know, why that would be, I, you know, there's some pretty, like the reasons, um, yeah. They they make sense in a way. Like I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist or anything here, but that would be pretty freaking logical, right? Yeah, um, I I think it. I, we tapped in one with one of the guests. We tapped into a bit of um, 
I, I think I went into something about like Wolverines. Yeah. And like the uh, Washington Grizzly, which every, if you live grow up in Washington, you always hear about somebody at one point, especially when we were kids talking about like, oh, yeah, there's Grizzlies up in the Cascades. Yeah. But it's like it, it's like winning the lottery or like mm-hmm. talking to talking to God. Right. Uh, if you see one, um, it's so rare. And I think that that's kind of if I had to like from a biological standpoint. And we'll say 100% Bigfoot's real. I, I think that's how I'd have to look at it. It's a very rare animal yeah. that's migratory or at least transient, meaning, you know, it's just it, it, it has a massive territory. So it's just constantly yeah. walking like up that uh, Cascade Corridor up into like B.C. and maybe even, you know, up towards the Yukon area and all the way back down. Like I wouldn't and, and I, I wouldn't it's be in places and it's in places that people don't just just don't go to. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, you, you even up here in Alaska, where you have like one of the biggest populations of like stuff like grizzlies and wolverines, for example. Yeah, it's so rare that people actually see them. Um, if people see them, like they kind of make a big deal out of it. You don't. Sure. Um, like a friend of ours lives up in Denali, and she saw she's seen a wolverine once, and she does these big, like two hundred mile cross country things during the winter when the wolverines oh, yeah. are out. And she said she saw one from a distance and it knew that she was there way before she knew it was there. And she right. said she could only get a really good look at it with binoculars. That's how in tuned it was. And we're talking like wind, snow, right. you know, ice, you know, where it's yeah. like kill well, they, me. They, they, they wind you. They'll smell. I mean, it's just like, uh, you know, if you're elk hunting or deer hunting, as soon as the yeah. wind changes, they smell you, they're gone. Yeah. And they and can elk smell you from exactly a long like, freaking ways away. Right, yeah. and elk aren't exactly like smart animals. You know what I mean? Like they're big, but if they figure out you're there, they're gone. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Big exactly. ass undulates. <laughs> All right. So we got uh, we got some North American gorilla running around. Yep. Well, probably moseying. I like to think they mosey. I do too. Uh, they're not in a hurry. Yeah. They just no, chill. Yeah. Just chill. Man. They got yeah. nothing to worry about. They're all yeah. alone, looking for companionship. Looking looking for love. Yep. Probably. <laughs> All the wrong places. Yep. Yep. Oh, man. Well, but uh, I'd love to know what uh, Cubs, love to know what you thought of the episode. Love to know if you're a believer or not. So uh, hit us up, bluetigerpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know. Let us know what you thought of the episode and just what you think of Bigfoot in general. Like, let's let's get into this. Do you believe yeah. our guests? Yeah, are you or are you at least somewhat interested? Do you have a story? Do yeah. you have do you have something that you need to get off your chest? Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, let us know what you think of this special because yeah. if you guys like the special a lot, we'll do more. Yeah, we, mm-hmm. we my, there's other mysteries out there we can I got, delve into. I, I, I'm ready and waiting to do a to do a alien special. So if Cubs, like, if you like this one, you let us know. Like an abductee special, um, or you think or UFOs? Either, either or, both. Oh, I'd be down for uh, yeah, abductee stuff. Always, I find really interesting. Yeah, yeah, especially the one the guy the ones where it's like the people that aren't looking for publicity, you know, mm-hmm. where they like check out real quick, move. Yep, that would be that would be cool. Well, it is the Northwest. Northwest gets fucking weird. It does. It does. Okay. All right. Uh, well, uh, if that's if we're all out of milk, uh, what time is it, Bry? 
hit the muse. 